action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 124 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones. Evening everybody. Kieran O'Rourke. Sup. And G. John Chase. Hello. And that's right, we are back for the first time around the Oaken Table for a long time. Uh, Return to the Monday Night War timeline here this week to talk about June of 1999, uh, covering every Raw, every Nitro, every pay-per-view, and every backstage incident, as reported in the Wrestling Observer and Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the time. Always gives a, a great bit of insight we didn't have at the time as fans. And if this is your first time listening to one of these episodes, you can, of course, catch up, go to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com, where we keep every show we've ever done, every episode of our timeline uh, as well as a, uh, a litany of other topics and of course you can subscribe to us on iTunes as well to make sure you never miss a show going forward but before we get to this week's episode gentlemen I think it's uh, it's appropriate to mention uh, the reason we've been gone so long and I've, I mentioned it on the Facebook page on October 5th uh, of course coming up very shortly at the, uh, the start of November uh, my first book is being released uh, Crazy Like a Fox uh, the definitive chronicle of Brian Pillman 20 years later has been the reason uh, why we have been away for a few uh, a few weeks, a few months, been a little bit less consistent than usual on the podcast. I've been working on this and getting this done, but uh, it is, and I will say it now quite gladly, the most in-depth, uh, inside look at the life and career of Brian Pillman that has ever been compiled, uh, with a litany of, uh, of interviews with people like Dave Meltzer, Kim Wood, the Pillman family, Raven, Shane Douglas, Jim Cornette, Mark Madden, Bruce Hart... Uh, just a ton of people who I got in touch with for this book and I think if you're a Pillman fan you absolutely have to have this and uh, it's actually a fascinating uh, piece when it comes to just looking at the wrestling business of the 80s and 90s it's just that the, the stories that are in there I think that it's really going to appeal to you guys so I'm really looking forward to uh, to releasing the book we will be talking about this more uh, shortly after the release date now I have never completed a, a, a reading of a whole book no but this is the best book I've nearly completed. Excellent. That is the highest praise. I've and if I had the finished copy rather than the draft, I feel I would have finished it all. You would? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll kind of uh, second uh, Kieran's thoughts on this. As someone who has no, uh, no talent whatsoever, uh, I, 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 beg, I beg all of you to go and actually buy a book from someone who, whilst I haven't read the book, I know the person himself, and he has uh, a lot of talent, so please buy the book and read it. That's a great shield. I haven't read it. At least I claim to have read it. <laughs> Fucking amateur. I haven't seen any, but I know that it's good already. Just, just lie. Just lie. I don't lie. Oh. We'll have more details on this as the, as the weeks go by. I would actually like to talk about this at length. At I say we can do a full length show on it. I think we should. should do a full length show about the, uh, the subject at some point. Fucking A. Fucking get Junior on the show. Ah, he'd do it. Liam's best mate, Brian Jr. Brian Jr., yeah, he'd do it. He'd we need to butter him up because I need him for some videos of my own. You do? And I've never spoke to him, so okay, I'll <laughs> I can do with him. I'll put him in touch. <laughs> nice. June of 1999, and boy, what a downer. We've uh, we've cut a lot of ground on these timelines here, gentlemen, and this, just from the top, bit of a down month for me to watch. Uh, of course, this is coming off May 23rd, the death of Owen Hart, so the first big news story we have to talk about today is more fallout from the uh, from the death. 
In the June 2nd Calgary Summit, as reported nationwide in Canada, Martha Hart spoke about the WWF airing Owen's funeral footage on Raw on May 31st, we talked about previously. She said, I feel exploited and violated by it. I was completely repulsed by the decision. Uh, the story said that Martha spoke directly to Vincent Mann on a couple of occasions and told him not to air any video from the funeral. I said it because I disliked their show and airing the footage is self-serving, she said. Not only did they disrespect me, they didn't care. So uh, that is the uh, the word. It was, in fact, a request not to air the funeral footage, and Vince did it anyway. So uh, there's more of this forthcoming, but before we get to that, of course, we're doing this uh, chronologically speaking. Uh, Pro Wrestling's latest spill into national headlines came when Rina Mero quit the WWF and subsequently sued the company for $140 million. Wow. Who's going to do the t-shirt spot now? <laughs> That looks like a Dr. Evil uh, figure, doesn't it? Nicole Bass. Uh, it was filed on June 3rd against Titan Sports. Some, including those in the WWF, are attempting to babyface the company since on the surface this lawsuit seems ridiculous, particularly the monetary damages being asked for and because people are suspicious of the timing of it coming so soon after all the bad publicity about Owen. Her magazine covers such as Playboy and TV Guide have done huge sales and her video, Sable Unleashed, ranked for months only behind those of Steve Austin on the sports and recreational charts. She was realistically the company's biggest TV ratings draw this year even though she had very little wrestling or acting ability. Uh, just to get to the background of this, problems actually began with Sable in April of 98. After the WWF Unforgiven pay-per-view show, Sable did her first stripper match on that show against Luna, this was the evening gown match. Uh, the show was headlined by Steve Austin's first title defence against Dude Love and drew a surprisingly high buy rate based on the standards of the time. Sable felt that she deserved an equal payoff to Steve Austin, claiming that she was at least equally, if not more, responsible for the buy rates. Can we have a sign drop of Austin laughing at this point? <laughs> the best. <bell> <laughs> <laughs> Of course, the actual crux of the issue is the WWF not only allowed but brokered and encouraged the first Playboy deal and was involved in the timing of it, feeling it would be great publicity for WrestleMania, which it turned out to be. Uh, Mero at first turned down Playboy but wound up agreeing when the money deal was upped. For the second Playboy deal, which had just been shot, the, mag the magazine went straight to Sable, who inked the deal without the magazine going through Titan Sports, who by contract should have served as her agent since she's using the name Sable and using her marketing license, both of which the company owns. There was a debate about who should get what money, and the WWF threatened to hold up the spread being released. Uh, they asked for their release at the uh, May 12th, uh, sorry, May 10th Raw, that we've already talked about. Uh, Mark was offered a full release, because they didn't care about him anymore, but Rena only offered a non-compete release. Part of her lawsuit appears to be her attempt to be able to use the name Sable going forward and keep the Playboy spread from being tied up in court. She claims that after repeatedly refusing to allow her breast to be exposed in an on-screen accident, uh, she was called a prima donna by Vince McMahon. <laughs> it should be noted that the WWF had booked an evening gown match involving Sable for the UK pay-per-view back in May, and was originally advertising it, and I remembered this, as the loser would be stripped to nothing but a bikini bottom. Oh. After Sable voiced complaints, the match was switched to being a regular match without the stipulations, then changed again to where Sable simply appeared and didn't even wrestle. The UK pay-per-view was her last appearance, and when she was out in the ring, her bag was smeared with feces when she returned. Which was the handiwork of X-Pac. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's the story. Sable is out the company. Oh, he does have a lot of problems with his ass, doesn't he? Which one's this? X-Pac. Oh, he does. Yeah. Not Mr. Ass. I, I, was, uh, I was wondering, because Bischoff talks about this, doesn't he, on the first, the first Nitro of the month? Yes, indeed. Uh, we mentioned a lawsuit. I didn't know what he was talking about. I thought it was more inside bullshit, which it was, uh, and moved on from my life 
post haste. Um, but thanks for clearing that one up, Liam. Yes. Thank you. Of course, she does appear later in the month. Carl, you had to be sad to see the back of Sable. Well, I, I was more distraught at the fact that I bought Sable Unleashed. You on, did? On, well, blame false advertising, wasn't it? As was the style at the time. As was the style at the time. <laughs> I got nothing. No? No. The only winner seems to have been Sable. You got your cash. Yep. <laughs> My money went to her bank, and I had not much left for the wank bank. Classic anyway, circle gazette radio. Yeah, you missed this. I was going to say because what did she say? What did you say about like, she was number video? Her number one? Uh, no, she's the, she's the biggest ratings draw of the year so far for the WWF. Yeah, because so it was it was sports and recreational. Sports and recreational. All yeah. the wrestling videos were listed yeah. in the sports and recreational. Also, shortly after the next day, in fact, Vincent Mann responded to Martha Hart in a letter in the Calgary Sun. Good. Get ready for this. That's the way of doing it. For the record, giving Martha Hart the benefit of the doubt in her time of grieving begins, Vince. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. She gets, gets, gets everyone on your side. He's just framing the conversation, that's, that's all. all. <laughs> I spoke to Martha after the death of Owen on approximately five occasions. At no time during any conversations did she ask me to not show the footage of Owen's funeral. However, in fairness to Martha, she did indicate to Carl DeMarco at one time that she would prefer the WWF not show the footage. However, in a subsequent conversation, DeMarco explained to Martha that since she invited all the other media to the funeral service, and even to the burial, it would only be appropriate that the WWF show footage of Owen's funeral so that Owen's fans could say goodbye. Because they don't watch the news. Yeah. Giving Martha Hart the benefit of the doubt, says Vince, she may have forgotten that she changed her mind and addressed the situation with DeMarco and not me. Vince also in the letter talked about paying for the funeral. Uh, the tackiness of the letter bringing up how much money the company spent on things such as the transportation of the wrestlers and the grooming of the wrestlers uh, underscored the belief by those who felt it from the beginning that much of this is done for PR reasons with the company under siege uh, the Calgary Sun was not happy they posted the uh, letter from Vince then underneath just said now you've had your say McMahon and just left it at that the next day in the Calgary Sun <laughs> Martha Hart was livid at McMahon's claims Vince McMahon can say whatever he likes but I know the truth I said, I have no control over your matches, but I don't want you to show Owen's funeral on your crappy show. That's exactly what I said to him. I talked to Carl DeMarco after the funeral, and he said, I can't believe Vince did this. I can't believe he put it on the show. Apparently later in the week, DeMarco was called again by the family to explain McMahon's comments, claiming Martha had given him the okay. DeMarco was less definitive in his response and indicated it may have been a miscommunication. A misunderstanding. I'm waiting for the point at which Jerry McDivitt's, you know, interjected into all this. I'm sure he was primed, ready to roll at any point. I think, yeah. Hover, hovering over legal pad yeah. with, with ballpoint yeah. pen. Literally chasing, Are you kidding me? chasing the Vince McMahon ambulance. He really time. was, yeah. Come on, he, he had to be licking his lips. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Aruba, here we come. <laughs> Again. It, it just amazes me. Whichever, whichever side of the story is truthful or not, whether she did say so or not, is besides the point. It's just the fact that someone actually has to actively turn around and tell someone no please don't show my dead husband's funeral on live TV mm. this kind of shows you what kind of man Mr. Man is I, I, think, I think it was on this timeline I joked ages ago about like Pillman the, the stuff where, when they had Melody oh, yeah. Pillman on there and stuff it's, it's probably along the similar lines you know he's still contracted ah fuck Melanie Pillman what we know about her now hey Liam hey <laughs> More than that in a month. <laughs> uh, Trying it, sell books. I'm selling mugs. <laughs> Let's move now to a uh, first bit of bright WCW news. On June 7th, WCW announced the signings of rap star Master P and NBA star Dennis Rodman. P, says Meltzer, is the biggest player in music these days. 
I had no fucking idea who I'd he was. I'd never heard of this man before. No. <laughs> I've heard music. I've not heard his music. <laughs> if you listen, if you watch these shows back, you will have uh, heard that he's allegedly the 12th biggest grossing musician in 1998. <laughs> so. <laughs> that sounds like one of those uh, over half a billion people watching around the world Vince McMahon stats have yeah. ever I've heard one. Yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently the singer of such hits as I Miss My Homies um, I don't know that is one no. of them. That, that Homies was, Be Lost that, that would have been one of those WF Did You Know things you know they used to have on the commercial voice <laughs> Did You Know oh, crying out loud uh, P is the biggest player in music these days allegedly and will appear at major television tapings including the July 5th Nitro at the George Dome and possibly the June 21st Nitro at the Superdome in New Orleans P had bragged in a, in a conversation that his appearing would sell out both buildings several of the wrestlers urged Bischoff to tie in with Master P whose bodyguard Swall wants to be a pro wrestler more on this later <laughs> at press time the Superdome had sold 9,700 tickets the Georgia Dome has sold 12,500 so we'll see what the final figures are Rodman had a lawsuit against WCW wanting another $550,000 for his previous efforts at Bash of the Beach when he fell asleep on the top turnbuckle. Well, that turnbuckle was very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it was settled with the signing of this new share, this new deal. Five appearances, $1 million. That'll do. <laughs> so again, at this point when WCW is struggling... And he gets a hammock so he can relax backstage. <laughs> At ringside. Yeah. Between, it's tied between the ring posts. Yeah, yeah. Those flights to North Korea aren't going to come cheap. They're not. And we'll get to WCW's spending habits throughout the course of this month because there are some questionable ones. I hated this. This Master P tie-in. And Dennis Rodman. That, Rodman doesn't appear this month, so we'll, we'll come to that in July, I suppose. But Master P is just all over these nitros. And they, they treat this like it's like a really big deal. And I, honestly, I've never heard of this guy. And I don't think that he's quite as big as these wrestlers are telling me is. Yeah, I think they're lying too. The thing is, there's, there's not really... Maybe I'm being a bit harsh, perhaps, but there's not really a lot of context to it either, other than showing Bischoff at the podium saying he's like the biggest selling recording artist in the world, or, or, or words to that effect. There's not really much background, is there? It's just assumed that you know who he is. As and if I, he was Mike Tyson again. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and you just sort of sit there, I don't know who he is, I don't know why he's in camouflage gear, or who the big guy behind him is. And why is his his bunch of homies as they've just walked off backstage? They're all going, oh, do, do. oh, who's he? Who's the he least scary bunch of black guys I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> it's not exactly the rebel yell. You can borderline understand their thinking, like before when they had like Dennis Rodman and Malone and, and Leno and so on. Because this, this, because see, see, this is post Chicago Bulls Dennis Rodman as well, so it's completely <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> you, you, can, you, can, you can understand with them though, because at least they are household names for for whatever. You know, like, you know, for sports wise, they're top sports guys. Leno apparently was the number one talk, uh, show, talk show host. Yeah. But these guys, as I said, like I no idea myself um, who who this fucker is. No. Um, or Swall. 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 Is that an abbreviation? No, no, no. For Swallow. Swall. <laughs> Hold on, because like, he sucks. <laughs> Hootie Hoot. Could could they? Could that have been some sort of tie into Jules Holland and the Hoot Nanny? I'm spitballing here, but it might know. be. Yeah. Especially I, I, I don't think I've they're got, in the same circles to be honest with you I guess Jules Holland is cool I know he is yeah but Master P is not this fucker isn't 
Let's get to some wrestling, shall we? <laughs> Please. <laughs> June 7th on Raw, we're going to have Vince McMahon promo to start. Of course, we've got to start here because it's the first thing. It's been months. The greater power is going to be revealed today, fellas. Yes. Who's it going to be? Apparently, Jake the Snake. Apparently, yeah, Jake, yeah, Vince comes out to the promo saying, who could it be? Could it be a member of the McMahon family? Could it be this guy in the crowd? Could it be Jake the Snake? Who gets a pop? Yeah. <laughs> um, he challenges Shane to a match where they will both put up their 50% of the WWF tonight. He's out, he's out in his like, gear. If, if he has such a thing, is his vest? What's his vest? Jeans in his in his tank top. Jeans yeah. in his vest. Yeah. yeah. Of course, this segment then ends, and then the corporate ministry come out. Uh, Vin- this is a really. It's just a really weird setup. Yeah. It's half an hour. It's like the first half an hour of the show. Of the show yeah. and, and given what happens straight away, what the fuck? Why? Go on. Sorry. Go on. It sucked, and they know it's it sucked. One third of the show. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's a meaty yeah. portion. Let's put it that way. So, the corporate ministry come out. Sans Shane. Out stumbles the higher power in a red robe. Yeah. Down the aisle he trots. Enters the ring. Not not looking very uh, imposing or yeah. grand or anything. Right. He's just 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 a nerd in, 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 like a, in, in a in a in a yeah yeah, 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 yeah. one of the druids. But the thing is, like as they're going on, like they're speculating stuff and they're seeing like the Jake the Snake and so on. And okay, yeah, I already know who it was, but underneath it, but I was just like Jake the Snake. Like you do remember, he's actually quite tall. Mm. Like you know, he's, I mean, I get he's not a giant, but he's actually quite tall in comparison to Undertaker. Plus, he didn't have the but, bag. But, yeah, That's exactly. And, and this guy's like really small compared yeah. to Undertaker. It's just like at least be realistic with your your claims, your, your claims and so on, your accusations. Just, yeah. Yeah, because if, if doing a shuffle, so it couldn't have been. Because if there's one thing that stands out in this company during this period, it's logic and sense. <laughs> More I'm on that. To it, Carl. More on that as we progress. There's lots of going back and forth, saying a lot of nothing. Yeah. Uh, some, I think, the higher power, it's high, greater power. Sorry, I've said yes. that for I've said that for like 20 years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jr. said it once as well. Um, I think actually Jr. getting it wrong that one time was ingrained my whole yeah, me psyche. Too. Me too. Um, yeah. So they all do their little spiel, and then the, the, the higher, greater power holds the mic up to his mouth, and it's Shane's voice. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's right. so it's to give the impression it's Shane. It's like it's so convoluted. Like, and then Shane comes out walking down the street. Yeah, it's not him after yeah. all. Was that how it's supposed to come? Yeah, out? yeah. It's it supposed to be like it was his voice. Where it's like I told yeah. you. Because Vince is wobbling his head like he's talking. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, okay, that's like <laughs> Vince. Who's Vince? Vince isn't there yet. So anyway, the uh, oh sorry, Shane, Shane's <laughs> in the room. <laughs> oh, shit. And then Vince comes on the video wall and says, "I want." to see this son of a bitch and then he unleashes the herd and of but course but, but even just, just for you, it's even, me Austin <laughs> but even Vince's video promo is not remotely convincing is no. it the whole thing is just like it's, it's more, real more, Vince phoning it in the more it goes along it just, the more it just seems like I, I, like the shock is kind of nulled a little bit because it just comes across as like this is just weird and like, you're expecting Vince to come out and when he's on the video screen you're, like, you're then immediately you speed of thought you're thinking why is he not come out so uh is it it's it's not a complete surprise it's mm. just not it's not really, yeah. it's, it's not it's not remote exactly it's not rem- it's not remotely a surprise it going into this it was more a case I remember speaking to people um, at school before they'd done the reveal people saying I hope it's not Vince <laughs> It'd be shit if it was Vince. Yeah, I was just so. Oh touching. look, oh, it's I, Vince. It just makes no fire. We've been talking about this for like months now about how this plan makes no sense from the very beginning. Take it coming back and declaring war on the company, beating up Vince's guys. All of this, in theory, to get to the point where Taker's champ. Vince is the heel boss. When Vince had the belt when it started, around the rock's waist. Around the rock's waist. And why did he reinstate Austin? Yeah. Why did he mean to say it? This is all his thing to buddy it with Austin. 
his thing was was it always planned to be Vince or was there other plans originally? We'll come to this. Okay, because it's just really it's it's quite unsurprising. Obviously, I did not watch this at the time mm-hmm. when it happened, but it's really not surprising because it's like really in a character study of Vince. Do you really think Vince was going to book someone who's claiming themselves to be a higher power than himself? Yeah. Because God, because Vince does think he's God. Yeah. So he wasn't going to cast greater anyone. Power. Greater power. Sorry, <laughs> he's never going to cast anyone higher up the, the totem pole than him. The food chain. I will just speculate. Ever. I will. Sp- he beat God for Christ's sake. That's <laughs> true. I. Uh, I suppose you're going to get to talk about whether it was uh, who it was designed for. I'd assume it wasn't him, um, unlike yourself, because just the fact that what they do afterwards with the the other McLasses mm. <laughs> that um does the shift in it seem like yeah we know that shit. okay we're going with Vince it's shit it's we shit. know no one cares we're moving on this yeah. is a letdown we've got to yeah. yeah we've got to change direction straight away which is what they did there. before the reveal of the higher power the Undertaker talked about the day of reckoning being here which are the exact same words that Martha Hart used to Vince at Owen's funeral oh come on of course Linda and Stephen Mann come out and ended a fantastic acting job talking about how disappointed they were um Said they had the uh, the board of directors had a meeting that day and announced the new CEO of the company. This is Linda at her finest. Here this is all moving so. There's so much information here. Yeah, I know. Just nonchalantly yeah. dropped in. What the fuck is going on? A minute ago, you Vince, don't have yeah. yeah. You don't have it fifty fifty. It's it's split four ways twenty five percent, and they've given their fifty yeah. percent to the new CEO, who was apparently appointed without Vince or Shane's yeah. knowledge. I thought at this point this was fucking hilarious. I was like really entertained by this Vince's face on this show is quite Vince's face is amazing because it's just like he's the MVP uh, on this because it's just like like, they're they're building it up obviously they were building this up for fucking ages they do this really lame finish then they quickly speed past (laughs) it and go right to the bit where the baby faces get get the the one up on him and it's just a great thing like as soon as they announce who the new uh, CEO is it's just the look on both Vince and Shane yeah. going under credit Shane they'll just both look like ooh a dumb look on their face like, ooh, like someone's just like pissed on their cake yeah. you know it's just like it's just fucking hilarious yeah. I, was, I, was, I was creasing myself watching it it looks like it's the, it, their faces look like Harry and Marv I think I'm Vince <laughs> it's, it's fucking Joe Pesci when the flamethrower goes on his yeah ooh. yeah it is That's, but, but, but again <laughs> uh, <laughs> by I, all I, means Carl I know we're sort of getting bogged down in this but it, it's kind of infuriating it's even to this day it's kind of a big day. deal yeah <laughs> Why did they need to have a meeting that day to make Austin CEO? Because as far as Linda and Stephanie were aware, Vince was on side with Austin. There'd be no reason to, to ah. put Austin into this position. Now, I did think the same thing until I jogged my memory and remembered the week before, the great power had shown his face to Austin. When Austin was tied up in the ropes. So in theory, Austin would have gone to them, stooged him off, and then they made the decision to appoint him the CEO. Okay, which would be fine, but why do they then come out and look so shocked when they see Vince well, as the higher power? It's a bit of a stretch saying they look shocked. Yeah, that's it. That's okay. That's saying that they had expression on their face. Yeah, that's a stretch for Linda, especially. Yeah. Well, they, they, they Ste- look Ste- Stephanie looked like she'd sucked on a lemon. She looked disappointed. I passed this off as they knew, although they didn't know where it was going when it was going on. They weren't surprised because they know Vince. So it's like, I can't believe he's done it. Yeah, he's done it. Shit. All those things. Well, I can't believe, yeah, I I was worried he was going to do this. He's done it again, the fucker. (laughs) He he arranged for the Undertaker to kidnap my daughter. (laughs) 
Oh, that card. Oh, that key was left under the plant pot. <laughs> well, hold on a second, then. So, so, so you, you can have a show on this. So, so, under your theory, then, right, of that, like, the, that's Austin already knew it was him because he, like, slightly lit. Then, then why did they go for the whole reveal, like, a week later, then? Because surely the whole reveal was just to get at Austin. Because Raw went off air. That's just weird because you said hey, it was me, Austin. It was me. Yeah, all I, Austin's like, yeah, I already know. Yeah, I get, I, yeah, yeah, I get the point. Is that you, you address you address the reveal to the one person in the world who actually knew it was there already? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make it's any like, sense. Why? It's like you've already revealed the person who you want to get over that it was you last week. So why do you give a shit that, of doing it now? I'm just assuming they regretted uh, or forgot that they'd done the reveal to Austin. Yeah, <laughs> you all bought it. But no, it, it, <laughs> it, me, it didn't explain. Yeah. The reveal is funny. To 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 uh, yeah. just to recap, yeah, it made no sense why Linda or Stephanie will be inclined to call this board meeting let alone how it illegally could happen without the two other majority owners yeah. like is the board meeting just her and Steph well no, what about that. the other half of the board or owners okay so <laughs> the board was them two sitting around the table okay wow. and possibly DeMarco who's not good at communication <laughs> anyway <laughs> that explains a lot he, does, he probably does. thought he was at the meeting but wasn't mm. Mm. Stephanie and Linda probably told him he was there yeah, yeah. Austin announced a bunch of matches show Shamrock and Tess the union <laughs> uh, all told they could pick their match by Steve Austin Big Show challenges Undertaker for the title in our main event tonight Shamrock challenges Vince to a Lions Den match which gets another great reaction from Vince backstage he's watching that was on the TV I thought that was better than the it was, stuff yeah, yeah. it was hilarious um, and then Tess calls out Stephanie and asks her on a date no. pussy he gets down on one knee as well he does what a nerd the, the cool things from this is uh, we had seen Big Show trying to do a babyface promo didn't work and uh, yeah, I agree with you on the the, the uh, Ken Shamrock Vince Vince McMahon's face is fucking hilarious. I did not realise until that very moment that that was a match I wanted to see. Uh, but <laughs> as soon as he announced it, and I'll, I'll give like slight credit to Ken Shamrock for him on his level. I thought this promo was actually quite solid from him. It, it started off a bit rocky, but towards the end he kind of got into it. And for Ken Shamrock, it was actually pretty good. And it was just weird because I thought like I never thought I wanted to see that match, but then I was like, now I really want to see Ken Shamrock beat the shit out of Vince McMahon just because of the way Vince sold it as like he's, he's going to get his limbs broken he's terrified of him Ken Shamrock <laughs> <laughs> like you're probably not familiar with his MMA work that boy can talk he's a fucking great promo yeah, he's a better talk. money promo than probably most people in wrestling and this guy is like he's just this vapid fucking <laughs> ever since he's been in WWF they didn't get that out of him no, so much so this was like more like okay this is like better than what he has been doing where he just looks cross-eyed totally agree <laughs> totally agree he's a much better uh, worker in real life than he is <laughs> working in the working world mm. um, so of course after the uh, the exhilarating test proposal to Stephanie for one date uh, Cracker Barrel um, we get a handicap match with X-Pac and Shane versus sorry X-Pac and Kane versus Shane McMahon which end with Rodney and Pete Gas returning under Undertaker and Mankind masks uh, for a DQ shitty DQ finish Patson and Briscoe attack them Patson throws one of those great punches um, and then Kane destroys Rodney and Pete uh, no explanation whatsoever about the fact that Rodney and Pete Gas lost a loser leaves WWF match last week yep they were under masks Rock versus Triple H in a cast match uh, Rock has his arm in the cast Triple H has his whole leg in the cast goes one full minute of blistering action and short matches the theme of this month by the way before an Undertaker running uh, <laughs> tombstoning the Rock before the big show makes the save Rock's killing trips let's get that right first yeah, he's, batting. he's about to batter him in a minute um, and yeah and if you're looking at the dots on the, on, doc, on, the, uh, on the network this month those red dots are very close <laughs> to those white dots <laughs> yes sir they are 
GTV, <laughs> which yeah. is the highlight of the month, yeah. uh, shows PMS wearing towels coming out of the shower, mm. making fun of how small the manly parts are of Mr. Ass, Val Venus, and Dustin Rhodes. More on this National Enquirer like uh, yeah. information as we progress through the month. Um, Vince does, in fact, beat Ken Shamrock in the Lions Den. Duh. When Jeff Jarrett hits Shamrock with a chair and Vince puts him in the ankle lock. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was actually, to this point, believe it or not, I was actually kind of slightly enjoying this show. Uh, just because seeing like some of these guys get comeuppance and so on. But like at this point, I was actually kind of relatively like excited to see this. I thought I, I knew there was going to be some sort of screwy like, finish to it, but I thought at least we'll get... like. Shamrock would get a few punches in on him or something, but straight away, who, who was it that interrupted? Was it Jarrett? Jarrett, oh fuck, it's even worse. So like Jarrett just interrupts and just knocks him straight out, and then Vince just, like lamely puts on an ankle lock, and I was just like, fuck this! Like uh, now, now I was completely out of the show. They had me at the beginning, like I was gonna go with it. I was they gonna confused go me. Yeah, I was gonna go with it. I was going, let's see what you do with this show because there's some interesting stuff here, uh, and then they just just killed the show and pretty much the rest of the month. <laughs> it was all downhill. It was all downhill from here for me. Most of the live crowd missed this Lions Den match because the cops were taking flashes out the building. So that shows what priorities are in the building. Yeah, that would have been more interesting. Taker versus Big Show in the main event had a surprising lack of heat, says Dave Meltzer, ending when the Big Show chokeslams Undertaker through the ring, so the match has no winner. Big Show also chokes on the Acolytes and Midian after the match as well. So big, uh, big focus on the Big Show here through the ring. Mm. The old ECW yeah. spot. There, there was just like a little interesting thing here. I, I, I don't quite get what was going on because he he he, he choke slammed him through the ring, then he lay there, then he kind of like slid in to the hole. Yeah, I don't know got back up again, stomped on him, left, like tried to get some other stuff, and then Undertaker just literally just got out and walked away, and didn't sell the choke. Yeah, slam that wasn't needed. I think that's just the answer to the question: Why do they fucking heavily produce our angles so much for TV these why days? Why is it so rigidly yes. scripted now? Because shit like that. Yeah. Over on Nitro, competing with this. <coughs> Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, a really weird show. Says Malta. It was definitely not G-rated wrestling. Bischoff, who did commentary for the first hour, said it looked like Hack had been drinking for four straight days. Yep. JJ Dillon came out and told me he couldn't smoke, and he blew smoke in Dillon's face. Uh, he did the same thing to Bischoff, who then slapped the Sandman, and they had a pull apart. Uh, Bischoff called Chastity a well-known movie star as well uh, in this segment. Bischoff on commentary said the higher power was initialed VKM, and on the other station they just keep recycling the same crap. I love that. What a line. I fucking love that line. Mm. Yeah. An interesting choice of words, says yeah. Meltzer. He then said that WCW had signed Rodman. Recycling the same crap became an even more interesting Amazing. choice of words. By the way, Bischoff figured it was Vince, but didn't know. And backstage when Raw was on, and so many people were watching Raw instead of paying attention to their own live show, he was relieved it was Vince, so he didn't look stupid. Uh, Priority. Yeah, because that's their biggest problem right now. Yeah, I mean, the Bischoff stuff was just like weird. I actually kind of strangely like the Sandman stuff. I'm not calling him hack. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like that actually. I thought that was pretty cool with like the cigarette and stuff. Shouldn't so, anywhere. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's well, what I was going to go with it. Basically, I remember, watching, nowhere, this, I remember so. watching this. I remember vividly watching this segment at the time. Thinking, oh, thinking this is Sandman cool. and then yeah. Bischoff. This is weird. It's like, this is pretty cool. Like the guy who's uh, get, against yeah. authority. <laughs> the guy who drinks, drinks him against authority. But it's like okay, but like Sandman's a different act. But it's like it was a little bit of intrigue. But as you said, it just obviously went fucking nowhere in the end. That's because Sandman's would have been fucking shit anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I concur. Mm. Scotty Riggs beat Lenny Lane. Speaking of which, <laughs> this was just Lodi came out and everyone remembered him as they're setting up an alliance with Lenny and Lodi. Savage did an interview with a bucket wearing a red fur coat. You know what? 
<laughs> I fucking love Macho Man on this show. His, his dress. Is just, no, I had just his little promos and all kinds of things. Just uh, was it, was it, I'm the greatest of all time and you're not in my league. As he walks around with a booking bucket of shit or whatever. <laughs> I, I, love it. I think this is the one where, like, yeah, he's got the bucket. He, he, I think he doesn't sound like he overpronounces everything. He goes, Pussy on the. Or something like that. He just, like, he just like, pronounces it. I'm just there going, like, okay, I know this is bad. Okay, I know he's bad at this point. He, he, he was okay in WCW. He got injured or whatever, went away, sniffed some roids, and just, he, this is awful. But. I agree with Kieran some of this stuff was actually still entertaining and this fucking like, show like, this is fucking hilarious I just, oh, yeah, yeah just see a couple of these little things just made me chuckle yeah. and I kind of been man um, and I, I, you, know, when, you know when a sense comes through that guy's like doing stuff because he finds it amusing himself his little lines I, I got the sense of a couple of those and I yeah. thought well done Matt at least you're having fun and he's, yeah. I liked his pink oh, coat yeah. oh his coats were yeah. great his coats were fucking his, amazing his, his dress sense was quite yeah. funny even though he looked like what everyone looked like uh, fucking Billy Graham two th- 2000 or something he was trying to be <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. with a fucking Kangol hat yeah that was a bad choice yeah. hey Triple H Triple H still wears them the way to Stephanie's heart yeah, yeah there it is oh. love it Sting came out to accept his challenge uh, the Vandy Savage challenge to set up the main event this took forever Kevin Nash mm-hmm. showed up holding a bag and challenged Savage to come out Savage told Nash that he's oh. not in his league league uh, Nash said he only brought one back to the ring but Savage brought three but um uh, Nash left a contortionist came out the bag and dumped the same recycled crap on Randy Savage's head it was nearly a disaster as she had trouble in zipping the bag and getting yeah. out uh, Bischoff's fake laugh here was Michael oh Cole my god oh, this, this was weird because this, this is like a guy having a nervous breakdown because it's just like he, he was he, uh, yeah because <laughs> it was just it was the same lane because it was just weird watching this because you could see there's like some struggling going on I don't know why this is weird I was watching this and for some reason I thought it was Hornswoggle I don't know why it was just I think I think it's just like anything to do with midgets is just embedded that that fucking prick is involved every single time so I was like what the hell's in there I just couldn't figure out what it was until like obviously she just like unfolds herself and it was just uh, yeah it was just really awkward like you, you could tell like Savage was stalling like ages because yeah. you kept just repeating the like the same two lines yeah. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait, wait. Mentally think he's like that's the prompt. Come on. But, though I gotta say, like he did sell once. Once the uh, the sewage or whatever it was went on, like just got dunked on him. He sold it like really well. I thought because a lot of people just kind of like suddenly like <laughs> overanimate it like straight away. As soon as it h- hits the head, they overanimate. He was just like kept talking and he just kind of looks. He's like. <laughs> That's what shit. the fuck's that? <laughs> Something stinks in here. It's me. It was like this thought process. Like, what the hell's just come on me? Because no one was behind me. Did a bird just shit on me? And then it's like, no, that's mine. And just turn around. It's just a slow realization. It's just like he still got it. What's the, what's the deal? The month before in May when he gets out the limousine, he's hacking up. Oh, he's see, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Match went up in my estimation. Yeah, it's like Quite it's bad. like it's like he can't believe he's getting a chance at this push. Yeah, fuck it, yeah. I'm gonna have some. Yeah. As shit as this is I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a valet in on banging just to keep her happy let's, yeah let's take advantage of that nice yeah. <laughs> fair play match which one was he banging God's George yeah. huh? who'd also been uh, well I suppose it was a webcam video but Bischoff didn't mention her, seeing her naked online well just saying looks mm. like Medusa had some work done as well yeah yeah get a refund love um, no. Flair and Benoit beat Paige and Bigelow for the tag titles on this show uh, Bischoff said that uh, this is great Bischoff and commentary says that Benoit Guerrero and Malenko and Kibben haven't gotten their break and said that some of it was his fault but even more was Flair's I fucking hate this commentary 
his little fucking yeah. wannabe inside it's all yeah. inside so Bischoff much. was awful on the show he was bad Bischoff was pushing Benoit very hard on the commentary though uh, the match had very good heat Flair walked off on Benoit yeah. even Arn Anderson was man jumped on the apron trying to make the oh. fucking big comeback oh. which I was oh. hoping he'd get in there I got excited I got yeah. excited at this point yeah. because it's just uh I mean, they did a little promo, as you said beforehand, where like Flair's doing like the the hard sell on him on Benoit, trying yeah, to make yeah. him forget. Trying to make him the part, and, yeah. and like the, I was like, okay. And then the more it's going on, the more I'm just thinking, oh, well, obviously there's a turn here because this isn't like Flair. Flair doesn't beg, well, not usually, but uh, but in here it's like like as soon as like he pissed off and Arn's like looking all confused, and he gets up on the ring apron. I gotta say, I was. Uh, I was, that made me pop and so on yes. and then Terry Saturn comes along yeah Saturn comes along jumps on the apron he's the one that gets the tag from Benoit jumps in the ring Death Valley driver on Page yeah. for the pin to win the tag team titles Canyon comes out to celebrate and of course turns on Perry Saturn but uh, uh, I thought this was really fun overall yeah I thought it was fun apart from the, the turn and turn followed by the other turn it was just uh, a bit of a mess but other than that it's like well you know Benoit and uh, Perry Saturn gets a tick in my book so yeah, yeah. not bad um, also on this show Roddy Piper comes out for a verbal confrontation with Buff Bagwell Piper fucking destroyed him I thought I had no fucking I'm watching this thing Bagwell choked so bad I'm, like, I'm watching it and I'm like what's the point in this is is Buff a heel because he's treating him like a heel he's treating him like a piece of shit mm. uh, rightfully so um, but no it's, this is supposed to be an endorsement yeah of this sorts. Is, so Piper, the, Piper's whole thing is talking about the Y2K kids who think yeah. they're entitled. I love it. The Y2K kids. Millennials, millennials before the millennials. the millennials. Ahead of the time again, Piper. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, so he, and he's basically talking about all these complainers, calls out Buff, yeah. who just fucking farts around in the ring with Piper standing right there looking so fucking unimpressed with this yeah. dickhead. <laughs> the, the backstory is here that Piper like, went to him apparently and like basically said, all right, what do you want to do? This will be like a good, we're going to put you over. And Bagwell just said, let's do it out there. And Bob's like, all right then, motherfucker, we'll do it out there. And the first thing he does is ask him, so how many times have you wrestled in Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Which is like, it's the WWF's no building. It's like, what can you, that's the stupidest yeah. thing to do in the world. And then Buffs goes, I wasn't born yet. Yeah, the, the, the worst fucking comeback. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, he's there. It's Whatever like, he says, I'm dropping this line. <laughs> I, I, he, does, he doesn't even say that first. He says something No, he does. That's his, that's his very first line. Is it? I'm sure yeah. he says something else first, and then he actually answers the question. No, nah, no. Nah. Second time he, he says it's not 1976, so he oh, says okay, the same thing it, again. Okay, yeah, they okay, just, you got it. No. Um, big man. This, 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 big man. Big man. That's it. Uh, this is weird because um, I I don't mind Buff now, no, uh, mainly mainly because of what I thought was the hugely entertaining duo of him and Scott Steiner. That's from, from, I, I know it has, I know Sadly. it, I know it has, but like not for me, because I'll just jump back into this. <laughs> so uh, I'll still remember, so I still kind of like slightly like Buff, um, but yeah, this was just weird. Buff does not work as a baby face, uh, at least not with that type of character or, or looking like George Michael. So <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work, but I gotta say, uh, for better or for worse, on the burial front, I enjoy Piper. Uh, during this month <laughs> I got like a personal kick out of some of the stuff he would say like you could just see he just didn't give a shit and he was just saying whatever he wanted so I'm like kind of got like along the same lines as Macho Man I kind of got a certain sick joy out of that where it's like well this, this show's fucking sinking anyway you might as well just have your fun and just bury <laughs> you might as well just shoot holes in the boat and just help it sink fast that's how we got her in the first place pal yeah <laughs> Carl I, I gotta ask you here this point about Pipe, and of course at the end of this segment he basically promises Buff a push in not so many words if he beats Flair with the Great American Bash your thoughts on Buff Bagwell being the guy to get this position <laughs> this push throughout this month where they do go quite hard with Buff 
Bagwell, who doesn't even house shows, by the way, at this point. He's he's turgid. He's absolutely turgid. <laughs> the fans don't care anyway because he's, you know, they, they've done the tease of the turn before with the, with his breaking his neck and and they pissed that away. That that was the moment where if you're going to try and make something of him, you really go for it. But no, by this point the ship is sailed and uh, Buff most definitely isn't the stuff. Despite the fact um, he tells the fans like, about twenty times, that's the only thing he's got to say. That he literally yeah. says, it, yeah, he said like twenty times as he's coming to the ring. He, he has no other lines. Yeah, he says afterwards when his music's playing, saying that he's Buff and he's the stuff. Just reiterating. <laughs> I um, what I do like the lines. One of my favourite lines. I wrote. What can't what Buff says. To provoke the popcorn line from basically, oh. he's just, he just keeps fucking. He's like, he goes, he's like, he's doing things, pointing to the fans while Piper's trying to talk to him. Yeah, and it's then Piper comes back with. Is it, you want to? Oh, do you want a main event or do you want to sell popcorn? Yeah, fucking love that line. Uh, I'm gonna have to steal that. Yeah, because like, there's line. a million people who wouldn't even fucking know what that means. No. It's like, fuck you. What a great line. <laughs> it, in terms of endorsements, though, is it? It's. I always thought. I always thought. I always. I used to think the. The best shit endorsement <laughs> was Goldberg when he said to uh, when he said to Hugh Morris just after Hugh Morris has won the US belt, which we may get to at some point down the road. He says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "So great." You know, he's, he's, bear in mind, this is his cranium moment the against. Roster comes out. Yeah, the roster's Hugh there. Morris. Everyone's there. You know, give give this guy a, a pat on the back. What a, what a man! What a trooper! Winning the belt for the good old USA. <laughs> Somebody had to be first. Yeah, before anybody was next, next you, you were first. first. <laughs> See what? That's why. But, but 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 then I heard this pipe one again. I thought, no, we have a new champion. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Savage's girls seduced Kevin Nash. <laughs> Stupid Nash jumped into the limo and they slammed the door. First of all, he didn't jump anywhere because Nash can't jump. No, no. There's a scene where he runs later in this one. It's oh, hilarious. This is weird. Like, I, I just think about. I watched this and yeah, you go. This is actually a little bit later on in another week or something. He chases after one of the Hummers or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because I've just noticed now, like, he can't run at all. No. In any way, like his max speed is a slight jog mm. centres don't run dude centres yeah. stand under the basket yeah <laughs> Shaq. points in the paint points in the paint Shaq can't <laughs> run either points in the paint <laughs> <laughs> Savage drove the limo a few yards and jumped out in a white Humvee ran into the limousine yes it's the white oh, Savage running out of the uh, fucking hilarious <laughs> he is hot tailing it like a little cartoon character I love it, it you've literally Royal Rumble 91 yeah. form yes Savage. you've got literally a cloud of smoke behind him I <laughs> <laughs> love it he's the funniest man on WCW this week easily they spent over a hundred thousand dollars on this angle Jeez. and they got a 2.7 quarter hour rating out of it <laughs> They also never updated Nash's condition on the air, so the millions of viewers have no idea if he's going to be in the main event on the pay-per-view in six days' time. They told people to click on the WCW website to find out, where Eric Bischoff was waiting, trying to hint that it was Sable who was the driver. Heenan, while this thing was going on, they were trying to sell it, even said, it doesn't look good, in the same tone as Jerry Lawler over the edge. To be fair, but was he talking about Nash? So was he just talking about that week's show? He could have been doing anything that were like a crossword, Mr. yeah. <laughs> and the ratings, <laughs> yeah. And they and they keep trying to sell this as well for the next few weeks as well. They keep saying uh, uh, like, oh, uh, who, who do you think it'd be? Oh, it could be this and that. And they keep going back to like, oh, but it could be a woman. 
Did you ever think it could be a woman? And it's just thinking like, oh, are they trying to hint to Sable? Because like, yes, I don't think she could. Could it be Jake the Snake? I thought Jake the Snake. Could be Jake the Snake. Yeah. Where was Jake the Snake during this month? I'd like to know. Questions. It, that they I they, they, they wouldn't bring him his cracks if he did it. The show. <laughs> <laughs> Question. I know this. Obviously, the gag is that they. No, I got it. He was chopping wood with Grizzly. I know. I know that the gag is that they never revealed who this was. But was there ever a plan? Was there ever like a name associated with this at all? No. They. They probably didn't. No, at that point. No, they didn't. Oh, they really okay. didn't. They didn't so, know. Like, for some reason, in my head, I thought it was going to be Scott Hall, but I don't. I don't no, they were they, they too much again into it. Yeah, something okay. so unfortunately. Right. Okay. They they really had they had no plan here for who wow. this was going to be. No no plan at all. Um, in the main event, Sting beats Randy Savage via DQ in four minutes. When Savage, who, as funny as he is, can't work at all anymore. Oh, oh, sad. Uh, oh. Uh, it, at four minutes, is that the longest match on either show that week? Might have been. <laughs> Also, just coming back, how Nash can't run and stuff, and you're saying like like Savage did a great ninety one. I think he must have used all his power cell up on that because he he barely looks like he can walk in this match. He's just moving so slowly. He's juiced so to, to the gills. It's it's just so sad to see all he's doing. The only thing he's got left is punches, and that's about it. I think you assume that's his normal speed, and when he hightailed it away from the the unrushing Hummer it's it was it was a fight or flight instinct I'm guessing okay. he was genuinely okay. fearful for his life and he was <laughs> hot tailing it out of there okay. yeah. uh, of course it's a yeah DQ finish Savage, uh, Sting makes a comeback on Savage but the Steiners hit the ring Lex Luger makes the save the main event scene is depressing and Nitro goes off the air wow Lex Luger's returned uh, uh, I can't wait to see uh, him on the next week's show yeah 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 to explain why he's there what's Goldberg doing by the way this month Goldberg is in the middle of a contract impasse with the company and oh. doesn't want to show up. Actually, he's got the knee injury after Bret Hart battered his knee. I thought it was just another Jewish holiday. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Raw did a 6.7 rating, its second highest competitive rating in history, trailing only the week that shouldn't count, uh, the Owen Hart death. Nitro finished with a 3.2. Over the head-to-head two hours and five minutes, Nitro did a 2.8 rating, because this is getting fucking miserable now. In the UK, Raw set its all-time record with 480,000 viewers to 240,000 for Nitro, literally doubling the audience here in the UK. So, it's not looking good. Not looking good, boys. Showing how much Sable will be missed in the long run, Raw's highest rating was Deborah versus Nicole Bash in a bikini contest, which did a 7.1. A 7.1 quarter You may not have loved it, G, but plenty of other people clearly did. Freaky tits win audiences, I guess. (laughs) Even, it even beat the quarter hour where they revealed that Vincent Mann was the greater power, which did a 7.0. Uh, in the battle of the two show main events, Undertaker vs. Big Show did a 6.9 quarter and a 7.3 overrun, while Sting and Savage did a 2.5 final quarter and a 3.5 overrun. Jesus. Raw doubled the rating of Nitro in every quarter except the first. The votes are in. <laughs> Unfortunately, folks, mm. the fans have spoken. Apparently, the plan for Vince to be the higher power wasn't decided until the last minute. Wow. Several were considered. The plan apparently was to turn a top babyface heel. Mick Foley was the one who was asked to do it, and he turned it down. Um, smart move, I think, on that part. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I would have bought that if that was the case, that he was the higher power over The Undertaker. That just sounds weird. I don't, I don't think I did. That's the thing with this angle is that unless they went with somebody completely new or outside the company, I, I can't imagine who inside the company, other than Vince McMahon, that could have actually fulfilled that role. Because remember, that's it's if it, if the Undertaker wasn't in that group, I could have believed anyone could have took control mm. of it. But like they made such a job of like nobody really controls the Undertaker. 
it they, they for me they booked themselves into a corner before they even had any idea what they were doing. Yeah. It was just like it was it was always going to be a lame duck. If anything, Vince McMahon being it is probably the only believable angle they could have gone for. It's probably why they went with it in the end. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody else come to you guys? I remember there was there was rumours at the time that the Jackal was going to end up in this position or some other yeah, kind of managerial yeah. figure. Uh, I think there's a rumour that Chris Daniels was considered for it at one point and had said fuck no <laughs> basically I would have thought Vince had said who yeah well he probably did say who Chris for Daniels yeah yeah I'm, I'm yeah. it's weird oh. obviously the intention of it being a wrestler um, what ideas they had how, how it would have uh, come together and you know, rolled forward because that's that's a weird dynamic if it was a non-wrestler like if, if it was done 10 years later and it was a Bischoff coming in that yeah, makes yeah. sense but you got bearer there anyway. Yeah, I know. So it's you need a, what the hook is like. Who's who could it possibly? Who would it be? And why would it be? None of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then of course it figures out. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. In in a strange parallel universe, it's Sullivan. Sullivan. <laughs> no, it's King Curtis actually. Because <laughs> he had to take a my son. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. WCW has expressed interest in Sid. They wouldn't be that has, stupid. Has softball season ended then? Or? Yes. No, they got knocked out in the wildcard game. <laughs> <laughs> they were supposed to have a meeting with him about a contract over the weekend, but we haven't heard if the meeting took place. There was some interest expressed in Shane Douglas and maybe some talks there as well this week. Ugh. Bischoff is said to have interest in him, but Nash doesn't want him around. I feel like a signing like that would really miss the target. <laughs> hey. WCW continues to have interest in signing Yokozuna, despite the fact he's banned in every commission state. So some uh, shit. I, I find Sid. it fucking hell. So depressed reading this. I find it remarkable that the commission still actually have any sort of sway in truth. Yeah, by well. this point, June night in response, Ric Flair appears on WCW Live's uh, the internet radio show. Flair took questions on a number of subjects in regards to Sid. Flair said he's come and gone. He didn't do what he was supposed to do in the ring when he was supposed to do it. He walked out, he quit, he went to play softball. But because our business is the way it is right now, he'll make a living. And you know what? I'm happy. He's got children, he's got a family, he deserves to make a decent living, lied Flair. Uh, but it will not be at the expense of me, he said. Flair went on to say that he would not have a problem with Shane Douglas being hired by WCW, but, like Sid, he wouldn't work matches with him because he doesn't want Douglas to get the rub from him. So, uh, oh, we'll that's see about that. That's nature's... Uh, that's nature's take at the moment. Oh. Fucking Sid. That's a rogues gallery. <sighs> it's great. It's so depressing. It's... Sid looks, does look great when he comes out, though. He does. Just in general. He's so big. <laughs> He's so big and mean. He's so tall. Yeah. yeah. It's just. It's. It's the last acts of a desperate man in Bischoff, really. At the end of the day. What was Sid doing at this point? Was he ECW? Oh, was he not? He even he left ECW. Yeah, he, he'd already departed from there. By how that long? Point. That month. Oh, so no, that's that would have prompted it then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Looking for anything. Oh, Sid's free. Yeah. Mm. Shit, he's big. He's, well, he's, ju he's, he's just been on ECW, long. so he was well, basically put it for a couple of shows. Yeah, but he just he just showed up for like a couple of. He, but I think yeah. Sid probably worked in terms of that. Maybe he was looking for the but, other half of his brain. But enough. <laughs> but enough to put him in the, you know, sort of in the public conscious when it comes to, to Bischoff and when he's clearly just he's desperate for any name at this point. Yokozuna. Yokozuna. Master P. But like, when was the last time Yokozuna was on TV? 97? 96, 96, Survivor 96, Series 96. I think maybe Russell Sean once after that or something, that was it. I'd say if I had to choose, I'd have chose Sid over Yokozuna. Why, why, why is this the choice? That's the very definition of Hobson's choice. <laughs> they still, <laughs> they're, they're, their roster's still probably, what, double? Ace! Double? <laughs> amazing. Huge, triple the size of the Fs. 
with yeah. all that talent and the guys yeah. they're putting on top as Savage yeah. bring it back Savage bring back Sid want to bring in Yoko Piper it's the big pipes. Yeah. <laughs> pipes yeah this was weird like there's RPVP <laughs> yeah, just watching these first couple of weeks and stuff, and I'm just like questioning, like as I said, like so again, didn't know. I just jumped into this. I was like, "Where's Goldberg? Uh, you know, uh, where's Eddie Guerrero?" So I was like, you know, whether it was injury or what, I was just like looking like, "Where's this guy? Where's Raven? Where's this person?" And so on and so forth. It's like, "Where's, where's the fucking talent gone?" It's like, why am I watching? And this is, we're going into this, I'm sure. So like, why the fuck am I watching Van Hammer and Cat versus fucking Scott Norton? We've been why watching that for three years, dude. <laughs> We've been watching that for three years. It's, what the fuck? Ted DiBiase, who is still in the contract at WCW, although he's never used, really was asked to come back and manage Van Hammer, Eric Watts, and Evan Courageous. Oh fuck me! <laughs> it is exactly what he said verbatim. <laughs> and, you, and you thought SEX was and bad. Then, and, then guess, and let me guess, he didn't want to come back. You were supposed to debut on last week's Nitro, but wasn't there. Oh well, there we go. <laughs> Why would you? You get surprise. You're going to get paid anyway, and you might get suspended with pay, which is going to be a real knockback when you're not turning up for work anyway. It's a million dollar man. You're, you're, doesn't matter. You're, you're, you really know you're knee deep in shit when Evan Courageous is the most charismatic of the fucking three. <laughs> Undertaker has been bothered very much so of late by an arthritic hip and his back cramping. Old cunt. I've <laughs> <laughs> been bothered by him for about a decade. Yeah. Um, That's because he's a fucking fat shit at this point. He's at his very I couldn't, I couldn't get over how fat he was in here. The champion? Yeah. Okay, he's not a Yokozuna, but for him, he's a tubby bastard. He was. He, I think he was, I thought he was jacked up massively, and his, his shoulders and his. He looked growth dummy. He, he looked like the type of thing where, like, you're beyond the gas, but you can't work out that much. So you get the, the fat, you get the, the, the plump. Yeah. In an interview with TV Guide, Rena Mero talked about the WWF. She's on a bit of a media tour after leaving the company. She said that guys were punching holes in the women's dressing room and looking through to see them get changed. Every time What's that the fucking show. <laughs> Every time that happened, we complained about it. We had several discussions with Vincent Mann to find out who was punching holes in the walls to view us. One wrestler apologised. <laughs> Who's the wrestler? Do you think one wrestler apologised? One wrestler apologised. Yeah, for looking at for, while for, for staring through the wall. Okay, no. Come no, on, no, we got to think of this. Okay, so so so, so they've got to be pervy. But at the same time, they've got to be decent Lord, enough to apologise. No, 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 he denies it. He denies it unless it's a lawsuit. All right, come on, who is it? I want to go. Paul Bearer. No, he no, wouldn't, no, 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 wouldn't no, apologise. No. I want to go test. You reckon? Because he's a new guy. Didn't want to rock the... And that's why he got the Stephanie gig. Because he's like, what a gentleman, pussy. <laughs> I, it's gold dust around. Uh, he's, no, he's not. He's, really. not, he's not on the show. He's no, he's Mark Henry. Mark Henry's a gentleman, I'm going with that. Mark Henry, that just makes sense. I'm going with Mark Henry, Mark Henry's a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> Sexual how, baby. How did punching walls in a hole to be a peeping tongue equate to gentleman? No one said he punched, he was the puncher. Oh, he was just looking through the holes? Yeah, he just walked yeah. past and was like, what's, what's in here? Oh, he, 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 oh. Was, he wanted to repair the wall because he's a jam-up guy. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Midian? Yeah. Viscera, viscera. I'm, I'm... Pass him. <laughs> no, come on, behave. <laughs> Sean was around at this. I'm point. going with Stasiak. Sean wouldn't apologise. <laughs> yeah. Sean was going to Sean, Sean wouldn't with... even look through the hole. He would just fucking walked in. <laughs> That's true. Actually, like, is that the story with Sonny where like he just he got a bone and he, like he's walked up and like poked him in the ass with yeah. his bone? Yeah. You, you, no do you feel that? Yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah. We've all done that from time to time. <laughs> China. Women like. <laughs> <laughs> the core bass. The core bass. Uh. Yeah, I actually had to check. No, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with me. Yeah, Sean Stasiak. Did he record the conversations? He may well have done. Hmm. Um, 
I felt very uncomfortable, said Sable, and it's an unsafe working uh, environment there, and even being backstage, it's such an obscene atmosphere. Women are having contests to see who has the largest nipples. She showed her tits on pay-per-view. They're pulling up their skirts to expose their private parts to each other. She, she does the grind. If you hadn't figured it out, Kevin Nash is only booking his own programme now and helping one or two of his friends out even though he's the head booker. Dusty Rose and Kevin Sullivan are now handling the lion's share of the booking of the rest of the wrestlers, including the tag team title programme. Proving ah. that Dusty should have stopped booking after probably 1987. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, from, from, from this point onwards, those tag belts just... We get a bit of a rock mankind situation and they just go back and forth. Yeah, because God knows they meant a whole hell of a lot prior to that. Mm. Well, you know, I mean, and they did the dusty, they actually did a dusty finish. Of course, you can tell it was dusty. They did the dusty yeah. finish on Thunder where they gave the belts back to uh, the, the, yeah. the triad guys. And that's our Thunder reference of the month, folks. Yes, it is. Uh, June 13th, we move to the WCW Great American Bash. 11,672 fans didn't sell out the building, a 0.43 buy rate for 167,000 buys, the fifth lowest buy rate in the history of the company during what is supposed to be the hottest period in the history of wrestling. The Great American Bash can be summed up in five words, says Melter. this one was real bad. All of WCW's problems were thrown out there in front of a largely indifferent audience, and yes, he's fucking back in the main event, Sid. A DQ finish in the main event of Nash vs Savage when when Sid comes in big boots. I was fuck I was so appalled. Who's the man, Liam? I was so appalled. Who's the man? Uh, this is one of my vivid memories of ninety nine. I just remember quitting on WCW when Sid was back. Yeah, this is the, That's honestly, it. I remember this. The Millennium Man is here and in true WCW fashion they can't time it right. <laughs> <laughs> well the Millennium Man thing only came a little bit later on, didn't I, I think? Who cares at this point? I thought it was, well, that was in 2000 after, yeah. It was, it was after somebody else had already done it, but... Uh, what, what was the worst match, in your opinion? Was it Savage Nass, or was it Sting Rick Steiner? Sting Rick Steiner was rotten. How about fucking Hammer and Whipwreck? That was a classic. Oh. That, that's, <laughs> that sounds like an S&M game and then, gone wrong. And, and, there was, and there was the Cat and Norton or something like that. Yeah. What the fuck were the NWO still doing around? Let's get... Were they... Oh, well, yeah, the Black and yeah, White yeah, were, yeah, weren't the they? Fucking B team. Yeah. The B team. A, a shit main event too with Nash and Savage piss poor stuff let's go through some of the, uh, the, the highlights here Master P and his entourage open the show approached by Kurt Hennig uh, for an autograph and then of course when they uh, they sign the CD Hennig breaks it and then okay. they and then like, they all just gang up on him the no limit yeah. soldiers and they chase after no they go woo do you chase, chase after him yeah that's right that's right yeah. what baby faces against one man that was was Nitro coming up yeah yeah that's coming Hammer versus Whipwreck makes pay-per-view Ernest Miller versus Horace Hogan on this show no Billy Kidman no Juventud Guerrero these fucking go on Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. beat Kurt Hennig and Bobby Duncan these are the two right talk about Master P Ray Ray and Conan yeah don't worry about that yeah Ray Ray and Conan acting like Masterpiece is a big deal yeah fuck off they're the ones that marked out yeah. for sure uh, yeah oh, absolutely of course but like Ray Ray wearing his yellow glasses think, looking like a bell end <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah I really respect and appreciate what he's done for, for music it's like shut the fuck up you fucking midget yeah wear a mask <laughs> not cool it's yeah not cool, just, just annoyed me like baby face is trying to be cool and not being cool is the one yeah. like Bishop and Conan's usually pretty good about that too. yeah Conan is a cool guy but like yeah Ray's not which we were talking about um, just going back very quickly what uh, the Bischoff laugh and just talking about baby, oh, yeah, yeah, obnoxious yeah. baby faces the Bischoff laugh like the forced laugh as a heel is one of the greatest things of all time if it's done right well 
a forced baby face laugh to put something over that's not funny is the worst thing of all it's time. Death. Uh, it's death. It's death. Does want to say that? Yeah, no, it's absolutely death. Swall comes out and costs Bobby Duncan the fall. Master P, of course, they're getting their money's worth here. Um, we get Flair versus Piper for the presidency of the company, which is just a sad, sad match. Dish. Fucking weird. It's yeah. Just, just the, the end of it. Yeah. It's just like so they're battling back and forth as you would expect these two uh, to do. And then who's it that, that Arn, interrupts in Arn, the end? Arn attacks Piper, and then Buff comes out to make the save. Yeah. And then what and ends up happening is Piper, Piper Buff, Buff gets Buff, Buff gets Piper DQ'd by accident because yeah. he hits Flair, and then Piper turns on Bagwell. Yeah. And then joins the guy who's just been beating <laughs> the shit out of for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. And it's like what? And no one cared. The crowd was so dead for this. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Just the saddest fucking bunch of shit you've ever it's seen. Just, oh. Sting and Rick Steiner, which is just they fight backstage and the crowd boos. Tank Abbott shows up and a bunch of dogs attack Sting. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they, oh, they, they, oh, they cut away and it's just like thank you. Yeah, small mercies. Yeah. So a bunch of you know Sting's backstage. They cut away. They cut back. It's clearly a stunt guy dressed as Sting, also, and a bunch of dogs come and get him. Also, at least uh, a decent tag match in there. Uh, the Jersey Tribe won the tag belts. Yeah, they they, yeah. they, they won a match against Benoit and Saturn. Yeah, that was it. That's all you get it, on this show. It was, it was, so it was good decent, match, but decent, yeah, yeah, at this point it just felt like that's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. this is such a dire show. Yeah. And after the, after the dogs attack Sting. <laughs> The sign has come out and bullied the referee into announcing that Rick had actually pinned Sting backstage, which the referee then did. Scott Stein then grabbed the house mic and said, WCW sucks, and nobody was arguing with him at this point. <laughs> oh, I got, I've just got to add this note here. Sid's fucking contract. Let me find this. Have a guess. Uh, well, he'll probably overshoot that, actually. Well, 800,000 a year. Mm, per year. Um, 1.8. Oh, fuck yeah. Jesus Christ, you you really overshot it. Yeah. You say, you say it's prices right rules. <laughs> Get out. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm going five hundred thousand. Sid was signed for eight hundred thousand dollars a year for three years with a pay per view bonus of fifty grand for every pay per view he appeared on. They could have given him a fifty grand bonus for every fucking single buy he drew, and it wouldn't have made a difference to that contract. <laughs> eight hundred oh. grand and 50 grand do, for 12 pay-per-views that's another uh, what's that do we 300 yeah, yeah. 600,000 so we're 1.4 1.4 million for Sid no 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 AOL Time Warner deals. Doesn't say. It's just this is the deal he's got. Unbelievable amount of money to piss. No one wanted him. You didn't need to pay him that much money. ECW got him. He's clearly working cheap. <laughs> They're not good negotiators, are they? Oh fucking hell! Oh, do you know, Jericho had that story, didn't he? <laughs> when uh, on, when yeah. Bischoff when Bischoff wanted to sign him, he, he went in thinking, if I can get if I can get one hundred and twenty thousand a year. That that'll be good. And, you know, so he, he's anticipating some sort of bartering. He walks in, and Bischoff offers him one hundred and sixty thousand a year, or, or there or thereabouts, yeah. to the point where he sits there and goes, "God, I walked out thinking maybe I should have asked for two hundred thousand. Who knows what I would have got?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Arn Anderson was never discussed with about the possibility of Sid coming back ahead of time. Of course, after the stabbing in '93, and the only reason he knew about mm. Sid arriving uh, in Baltimore was because Randy Savage told him. When Sid arrived, Anderson was told by management that if he wanted to, he could have nothing to do with him. Oh, how magnanimous of them! <laughs> oh, nice, nice. 
June 14th over on Raw. Shitty show. The CEO, Steve Austin. I fucking hated this stuff. Show long bullshit where the show starts with him taking Vince's parking space. Yeah. Going to the receptionist and telling them how to answer the phone. I liked it. I hated it. I bet you did. I hated it. I thought it was wonderful. Well, the, 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 the line about when the, he's got a board meeting coming up and he says he doesn't play board games or some bullshit oh, like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's Russo stink, that is. That's the worst of Austin. I've never seen such a poor effort. In the end, it ends with a pile of shit being put in there. I guess they loved the savage angle so much or something. Bunch of, bunch of shit was brought into Vince's office. It was all highly entertaining. Mm. Highbrow stuff here. Although there was actually I, one. I enjoyed the, the contesting the, one guy the, contest in the boardroom and the, and the zeros on Shane McMahon's contract. It was alright. I, I, yeah, Compared to the rest of the shit we get this month, it's gold. Yeah, that's actually one bit of it. I agree with you that most of it was a bit like uh, a bit late. But I did like the one kind of like... Uh, Kind of noticeable bit where he's saying like, "Oh, what, what's all this red bit here? Why is it, why are we losing all money?" He goes, "Yeah, that was like you know the cement mixer and the zamboni and all this stuff, all this stuff." And just Austin's face like, oh, "I just ignore that." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was actually generally quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> that that and the other the other one I did like. It's funny after I buried it. Now we're talking about all the things you liked about it. But um, there's the one where like the two receptionists or whatever come up to him to say, "Do you want the drink?" And he says, oh, "I have yeah. a beer." And they say, joining to eating as well. My stomach is rumbling, so I'll have another beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, on the actual show the corporate ministry come out to start Patterson and Briscoe come out as baby faces mad at Vince for what he did to Stephanie and that, they are in, that he was in fact the greater power so Vince then orders them to wrestle Midian and Viscera as punishment because not even Patterson has a prayer of getting a match out of them <laughs> um, yet the road dog versus Billy Gunn in a dog collar match which sees Billy Gunn come out in neck brace to try and avoid the match um, the dog then says that like, Kane's behind him he turns around in a shock and reveals that his neck's fine mm. it's all great uh, the match takes place China low blows the road dog Billy Gunn uses the fame master and gets the win great sterling oh, build here mm. for Billy Gunn as he approaches king of the ring coming up Billy he's, he's not going to win stuff. it so this, this field for king of the ring is pretty thin right now because we've got it's, it's China and road dog X-Pac and Sh- Bill, uh, Bob Holly Bob Holly yeah. Shamrock and, and Gunn Gun, and then Big, Big Show Kane of that, just to kind of spitball on this here, I thought for sure Big Show's taking this tournament. Really? At the time. Oh, yeah, at the really? time it's like, Big Show's the one who's actually a star here. At the, at the time, absolutely. I, I do like King Kane, though, because I like alliteration. King Kane? King yeah. Kane, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I thought it would be... Uh, yeah, well, I didn't think it would be Big Show. I didn't get that feeling at all. No. I thought, well, obviously, I know who's going to win it, but I, I felt it would have been either Kane or X-Pac, really. I thought, mm. though, because there would have been tag champs and stuff, so... GTV returns and it's Billy Gunn getting his ass shaved. <laughs> and, th- and threatening the, the woman who shaves his ass. They're not doing oh, a good enough job. Not doing a good enough job, yeah. So Didn't you should be lucky to shave my ass. <laughs> now, you know when you ask the question, what do you think the worst job in the world is? <laughs> but is it potentially shaving Billy Gunn's ass? No, 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 yeah, but you don't, your job isn't just to shave Billy Gunn's ass. You, if you're a professional ass shaver, you're shaving a lot of different asses. There go. So many asses, so little time. Yes, exactly. Um, so, in in that context, I would say shaving Billy's ass. There's probably worse asses to shave. Yeah, at some point they'd have probably come across Miguel Perez. So that would be <laughs> <laughs> a week of work. To be honest, I didn't hear at any moment them expanding her career. So I'm just taking it as she only shaves one person's ass. Yeah, I'm taking it as it's not necessarily her profession. You can't make a living been, that way. You can't make a living. I'm thinking her profession is probably more something else, and Billy Gunn's forced her into it, like a bit like a slave labour type of thing. No. Mm. no. <laughs> Um, the Rock challenges The Undertaker for a title match at King of the Ring and he accepts. Vince says only if The Rock could beat Taker in a non-title match on TV tonight first. 
Mm. Ivory beats Deborah in a fucking horrible match to win the women's title. This match was turd. Okay. It was awful. It was revolutionary, everybody. No, it just stunk. Uh. Ken Shamrock in a straight jacket beat Jeff Jarrett. Uh, who wasn't in the straight jacket with a triangle choke this, this was pretty fucking funny actually what was that all of it no it was just hilarious to just how Jeff Jarrett got his ass kicked by someone in a straight, <laughs> straight jacket because he just like kept, uh, t- uh, dropped her all in them and stuff and, and, and future future WCW champion by the way yeah yeah and a future TNA champion as well <laughs> and I, I just found this funny just like Jeff Jarrett is so fucking inept he can't even kick a guy's ass who's got his arms wrapped around him I just thought that was strangely appropriate <laughs> After, as this match ends, Vince runs out and takes the key away and runs off. So yeah. Ken's stuck in the straight jacket forever, I suppose. No, he doesn't. Later on, he manages to rip a sleeve off. He rips the sleeve off and then chases Vince out of the building, which yeah. I thought was quite funny. That's pretty funny. Including a line where Shamrock says he will not forget and he will get Vince. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure he did forget and he never did get yeah, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a shame because I was actually generally quite quite into this. I thought, like, I, I was the hoping for, Vince connection. Yeah, I was hoping there was going to be a payoff. <clears throat> well, this, you're not getting a lot of these uh, payoffs, or at least good ones in no. this month. Uh, unfortunately the Acolytes beat Kane in a handicap match after a few chair shots and double team moves a lot of Acolytes this month (coughs) too much Acolytes this month (coughs) they've been really trying hard to get the Acolytes over (coughs) a a serious threat for the last couple of months and it's just not taken at all to me it's just that the crowd doesn't give a shit what other other tag teams have they got Edge Christian Hardys they weren't. They weren't put in a position yet to do that. No, no, no one. No one's saying they were. No, but no. you yeah. could have. Yeah, I know. You could it's have not like Acolytes been built for anything at all ever. Yeah, they're just in that spot and yeah. they're big. Yeah, they're big. They're there. There you go. McMahon's make the match for King of the Ring, where it is going to be the uh, yeah the the, the the ladder match with all the power of the company in the briefcase hanging above. High stakes, big match. In the main event, Rock vs. The Undertaker turns into a three-way when they added Triple H. It was a two-on-one ass kicking mm-hmm. until The Undertaker tripped and thought China did it and attacked Triple H. Triple H then pinned... Uh, sorry, Rock then pinned Triple H after a rock bottom and people's elbow, so take that. China did do it. China, China did it. China, China did trip him. She tried to... I, th- I think they were trying to explain it that, like, uh, it obviously he was, he was whipping uh, Rock into the, the ropes and she was supposed to grab the rock, but he reversed it and she accidentally old, grabbed Undertaker. The yeah. old roadie double J trick. Yeah. That's, yeah. Too. that's what, The important thing is just... Just, you know, bask in the fact that Rock pinned Triple H. Because you didn't get much of that in 99. No, no. A hallmark one. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Nitro the same night. Ric Flair and Anderson came out for an interview. Flair asked Piper to come out and asked him to be the Vice President of the World. RPVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Piper actually did a pretty good interview here. Dean Malenko yeah. comes out as well and does a, a, a decent one by Malenko standards until Piper decked him and started strapping him. And of course, who makes the big heroic save? It's the new top guy, Buff Bagwell. Well, he's got the stuff. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, I don't know. Thoughts on this here? Piper was quite entertaining. Actually, I quite enjoyed Piper's a heel. He was quite nice. I'm telling you, like Piper for me was was a bit of a highlight uh, during this month. A very few highlights. Um, I, I don't know I just he just generally just looked like a guy who didn't give a shit so he was like like most of the people on WCW really who's like, um, like savage it's you know yeah. it's shits and giggles let's just, just have fun with what of, we're doing I kind of I kind of even though it was like quite counterproductive at times I just I just generally enjoyed the interactions between crazy but he knows it Rowdy Waddy Piper mixing with crazy but doesn't know it Ric Flair yeah. I just um, the thing is it's and sexy and he knows it Dean Malenko yeah. <laughs> it's it's completely counterproductive but at the end of the day you've had no one policing the environment for so bloody long what do you expect 
Arne does do a promo on Malenko, which is a good way to oh, talk about You're either a horseman oh, or you're a, uh, what does he say? Any, you're a casualty of the yeah, horseman. Yeah, any time he just starts getting the mic, he's like, oh, it's going to talk. Arne's going to say something. Arne's yes. great. He is. Adds gold every time. And Bischoff is back on country this week and makes fun <laughs> of Jim Ross for not knowing how to call kicks in a match between yeah. Ernest Miller and Scott Norton. The, the moral of the story is Bischoff is back this week and he hasn't improved in the abs in the uh, time span. No. He also said that Van Hammer could be another Chris Benoit if he was just more aggressive. Well, we, all, we all could really. Yeah, oh, my, uh, come on uh, now, people. No, he's he's been with the company eight years. Yeah. At what point's the penny gonna drop? <laughs> That's the crazy thing. He's been, been around forever. So long. Yeah. Ninety-one. Dusty signed him after oh wrestled one match. God. Two matches. Sorry, my yeah, mistake. When did he win the arm wrestling challenge? Ninety-two. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. That, that was when. That was when he was more aggressive. Uh, this, of course, was the match against Disco Inferno that was going at the same time. So this. Oh, he's all over shows as well. Disco. Sake. The big news on this show. Sable shows up. We come back from commercial and she's just sitting there in the crowd with a bunch of fucking yahoos <laughs> trying to grab at her behind. Yeah. Um, Rina Mero was seated in the front row at Nitro with numerous camera close-ups coming out just before 10pm in a Kevin Nash interview. Mm. Clever Kev, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, looked a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, like she the just... camera just constantly on her. The crowd reacted big to her to the point that while Nash was attempting to do his promo, there was a huge Sable chant. Nash bombed on his promo, challenging Sid to no reaction whatsoever. There was also a planted sign on camera that said Sable one Vince McMahon zero. I think it might have been this show just like uh, she's never mentioned by name by the way is the key here they just no, keep pointing th- around that woman that woman her yeah. she's here don't know what to call it yet Kevin Nash booking himself it's to do the interview in the same chorus I, I think this is a show where I think there was also a lot of WWF signs in this crowd more so than usual because I remember there's like a massive rock sign like right front and centre front row which got taken away after the first hour mm. I noticed mm. yeah we do get an eight-man tag here. It's the Y2K kids of Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, and Marcus Bagwell against Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, DDP, and Chris Canyon. Um, Canyon. Buff Bagwell, by the way. Yeah. He's buff. Yeah. He's got stuff. Canyon, by the way. Uh, talk about being on the wrong team here. <laughs> Bagwell pins Flair with a buff blockbuster clean. Really good match. Yeah. Uh, the announcers really played the significance of Bagwell getting the pin on Flair, so at least that part was good, I yep. suppose. I'm sure they'll capitalise on it yeah. going forward. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, I actually quite enjoyed this match. Um, I think it was. I'll, I'll probably state that this was the of this month. This was like the thing, the match I enjoyed the most. Um, not saying it's a, a five star Meltzer classic or anything like that, but thank you. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just I thought it was entertaining due to the people involved in it. You know, I'm always going to enjoy watching uh, uh, Ric Flair and, and Piper work, and uh, I'm, I'm DDP fan for better or for worse. And, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, and and you know with Malenko, Saturn, and Benoit, they did the most intelligent thing, which is Benoit works the entire babyface side of the match. Which when you have him in a match, you do, and then doesn't get the pin. And doesn't get the pin. <laughs> but they go, but you know what? Like on, uh, in terms of that, like well, yeah, okay, yeah. Obviously, we we know that Benoit should have been the one to get it. But like it, it makes the, in the context of that match itself, it kind of made sense. Marcus Bagwell's the guy who they're trying to push, so he gets the freaking pin. Um, I just enjoyed the match because I was just amazed the good guys won. Yeah, the good guys actually won, guys. So and it's amazing because no. it's the only thing I actually liked on Nitro this entire month, and it's probably the only time the babyfaces really went over. Oh, there you go. Buff Bagwell was the victor. He's no babyface. I was just thinking exactly the I same know, thing. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. That's. I know. We know that, but that's what they're trying to go with. So yeah. at least I can appreciate yeah, the attempt. But, but yeah, but he doesn't remotely come across as babyface. No, either. He just comes across as a dick. No, not which is what he was. Not when he really looks the way he does, and he does the fucking stupid strut yeah. and just. 
the back of his head shaved into like a little V his hair it's like, oh look at this moron <laughs> look at this guy tosspot the main event is Kevin Nash versus Randy Savage that was set up with a promo at the start of the show from Savage which made no sense at all at one point he just screamed at how the wolf pack sucked which yeah haven't been around for months <laughs> <laughs> and he was a part of <laughs> alright then happens for one minute run-ins by Sid the fans were chatting for Goldberg even before the outside interference there was no Goldberg Sting <laughs> made the save Finn <laughs> at least they'd learnt from the four minute debacle the previous week and, and cut it yeah to one yeah so one minute of savage action with Big Kev let's move to what the numbers say about this decision oh. Raw did a 6.7 to Nitro's 3.3 Raw mm. doubled the viewership of Nitro in every head to head quarter the Raw main event of Taker vs Rock vs Triple H did a 6.8 final quarter and a 6.8 overrun WCW's very brief Nash vs Savage main event did a 3.8 for a one minute match that's the best mm. number they've done in a while yeah. the high point for Raw was the fifth quarter with X-Pac versus Big Show oh that was a fuck it. I didn't even talk about that when they just like Big Show just like walks off in the middle of the match and Kane comes out and oh right like, yeah, yeah well, Kane's gonna wrestle it for him or something oh like that. god yeah, 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 <laughs> this, Raw's fallen off a cliff this last two months by the way we're kind of skipping yeah. hey, oh, oh, oh it, it certainly has but they can get away with it because yeah, look at what the other side are doing yeah. though at least on the plus on the plus point they were up 0.1 in the rating on yeah. the previous week. Yeah. Minimally so. Baby steps. Baby steps. Um, let's see else, what else we got here in the numbers. Jarrett versus Shamrock and the big show is expected a 7.1, which barely beat the quarter with Deborah versus Ivory and a blindfolded test versus the big boss man, which somehow did a 7.0. <laughs> hey, I don't care about those numbers. Jeff Jarrett still never drew a dime. <laughs> <laughs> the earliest Flair Piper interview segment uh, that opened the show head-to-head to -head to a 3.0, showcasing has been writing for weeks that Flair would not maintain his ratings power as a heel. The fact that this was Piper's first week as a heel in 13 years and meant absolutely nothing is not a good sign. As far as the celebrity factor went, with Master P, the quarter hour featuring him did a 3.2, going up against the Vincent Shane interview on Raw. Uh, in the UK, Raw was viewed by 380,000, to Nitro's 270. So, uh, Raw's still ahead in, obviously, both countries, and doing significantly better. Just, just not looking back. Not looking back at all. It's very close, though. Rena Mera's appearance on Nitro while still under contract to the WWF raises a lot of legal questions. Other WCW personnel that evening were instructed not to reference her by name. WCW is trying to say that she bought a ticket to the show, but she, her WWF contract specifically forbids her making an appearance of this type on a WCW broadcast. During the past week, the WWF sent a cease and desist to Rena Mero, the Young Buck special, uh, saying they had suspended usage of the name Sable. First, from this point forward, she can't use the name. This was part of a negotiating ploy, mainly to try and impact the Playboy deal, which is what started all this in the first place. So, WF wants the money for Playboy, Sable doesn't want to give it to him. Problems. Speaking of Sable, Kevin Nash was very upset after his interview on Nitro because Sable stole the spotlight and fans were chanting for her while he was out there doing an interview. Wasn't the whole idea of her being brought out at the same time to give Nash the illusion of him being a ratings draw, since Sable was the biggest draw so far this year? Questions, Meltzer? Thank God somebody's asking that question <laughs> at the time. I just can't find, even though it's not necessarily the, 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 the same person, but like the, the, the method kind of still counts. Does, when Scott Hall always kind of mentioned about, you know, the, the, the midgets and so on, saying they have to do like all flying around and everything, and all he has to do is walk out and say a line, well, it turns out all Sable has to do is just be there and get a better reaction than you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, it, that's, that's incredibly ironic coming from Scott Hall, who 
as we've discussed on this timeline previously, was actually not a ratings draw yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the lowest ratings draw in WCW in the uh, last half of '97. The expected lawsuit filed by the Hart family against a number of defendants, the main one being the WWF, was announced at a press conference on June 15th in Kansas City. The lawsuit only requests of the jury damages that are fair and reasonable for the death of Owen Hart. WCW higher-ups have already grown tired of Ricky Rackman, who is no longer going to be at night. Oh, thank God. Thank Susie. Ricky Rackman. Listen to the previous podcasts. Yeah, yeah. You missed... Oh, uh, uh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, living, living proof that there is no party quite like a Nitro party. <laughs> The Pro Wrestling Talks has a funny note here. The WF website reported that a recent edition of Fox's America's Most Wanted profiled a fugitive known as the Civil War Bandit. Apparently the fugitive looked enough like the big boss man that several viewers called in and claimed that boss man was the man they were looking for. We think he resides in Cup County, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. That's a good one. The Civil War Bandit. Awesome. Bishop has taken a lot of knocks, deservedly so, for doing an internet chat this week and being asked why the horsemen were broken up. Bischoff claimed they had focused on the horsemen since November, and numbers have been in a decline ever since, and that sums it up. Flair was the most successful person in the company at drawing ratings. The idea of blaming Flair for the ratings decline and praising Nash for his booking is so ridiculously transparent. Flair did an internet interview where he was so sarcastic in response, saying he was too old to work a good match anymore, too old to do a good interview, and since Arn Anderson also can't do a good interview anymore, that's why they never let him talk on television. Oh, you can fuck it off. This is a... yeah. Bunch of happy campers in WCW. <laughs> Speaking of, nothing new on the Goldberg front. Goldberg appeared for WCW this week at the Toy Fair in New York and told people it was inevitable in three years he'd be facing Steve Austin. There has apparently been some kind of backdoor communication between the two discussing the feasibility and idea of when each contract runs out, they will either be in the same company or try to put on their own pay-per-view on their own where they'd headline against each other, uh, as unlikely as that would be. WCW is playing hardball since Goldberg has had his contract renegotiated several times and is figuring that he can't sit out three years in the prime of his career while he's hot. Eric B uh, Bischoff met with Barry Bloom, Goldberg's agent this week, as there was some fairly significant concern about what Goldberg would say about WCW on the Dennis Miller show on uh, June 18th. As it was, Goldberg didn't say anything negative. Hulk Hogan, however, apparently referenced Goldberg on a Detroit radio station, saying there was a guy in his company who was given this incredible push, but he didn't have much experience, and now he's self-destructing before our eyes. This fucking company. This fucking company. Does anyone want to win <laughs> anymore? Or have they just thrown in the towel, and it's all just self-preservation? I would argue it's been self-preservation from the yeah. very fucking start yeah. by everyone. That's the fucking nature That's, of the beast. It's yeah. hideous. The beaver cleavage gimmick is in the process of being reevaluated. Cool. I think it was actually on this show, wasn't it? This week. It's coming up. Yeah, it gets okay, changed. It gets one, changed. Okay, yeah. okay. Here's another bit of creative genius. That one, you know, going away from beaver cleavage. I think we can all say a fairly steady creative move. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another one. The tentative tag team name for Lenny and Lodi is the Gay Lords. <laughs> <That's, laughs> I knew you'd that's, love that. That's money. That's money. <laughs> Go with it. The Gay Lords. Go with it. Go with it. Subtlety and wrestling. Because, yeah. because later on, it's going to spoil it for a little bit later on. Because they do obviously reference the fact, and 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 obviously the 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 being gay lords, but um, they actually in their have, words. but they but they do it in their words. But well, that's funny thing. They're, no, not in their words because they're actually on there, and uh, it's uh, obviously Heenan talking to Shivani, and he's just there going, you know, they're together, you know, they are together. 
Why, why can't you say it? <laughs> it's just like weird. It's just weird. You can't the, say that on Turner Network Television. The gay, yeah, call them the, the gay lords. The, 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 yeah, you think like you want to call them the gay lords? Just say they're gay. Lords. I, but it's just the way they do. It's, you know, they're together. And, and Shivani's like, I get it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get it. Thanks, Bray. Thanks, Bray. Yeah, oh, he's. he's I'm sorry. He's, he's awful. He's awful. He's awful. He's awful. Yeah. He's got every right to be awful. Yeah. No, you sit through that shit every week. Mm. I'd be hitting the ball too I can't fucking stand the WCW commentary teams mm. oh yeah the worst thing on this show for me yeah. the, 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 the setting the scene and just obviously the emphasis and the storytelling okay it's not all their problem because they have this fucking desk full of notes but it's like just the tone they set for the shows whatever combination is fucking atrocious yeah. the, the, the days when like I, I don't know if it's just the I mean, it was awful anyway by this point. Mm-hmm. But just like them being at ringside and it's just the, the vibe, and it's like yeah. it was much better when they were the way they were before, when they could be analytical from the booth or whatever. <laughs> June 21st on Nitro. 17,249 fans showed up to the Superdome. They showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it didn't Six sell out like Master P said they would. In fact, only 15,000 of them paid. So let me just yeah. check the and, stats from before. And bearing in mind the Superdome holds, what, somewhere in, in excess of 40,000? excess of 40. The show opened up with Randy Savage, Sid, and the girls getting out of the Humvee. Nash showed up in a limo and chased the Humvee, since the driver is still out there. That was the uh, note we were talking about before. where he Chase runs. in quotations. Yeah. Uh, Master P came out and sang. <laughs> the less said about this, the better. <laughs> Disaster. The- this entire segment is, is, this, is this the one where Henning comes out yeah, the with birthday, the cake the birthday cake's yeah. the show yeah who's the baby face in this Kurt Henning clearly Kurt Henning okay. depends okay. on your race oh good it's a race <laughs> war yeah it's it's don't yeah. fucking do that to me it's yeah. true yeah. No. it's fucking true if you're a minority you're on the you're supposed to be with Conan and the Master P if you're white or from the south and not a slave you're supposed to be in Kurt Henning's corner Sorry, that's just the facts. That's the way they're going for it. Man up and accept it. <laughs> yeah. If you think that he's exaggerating, by the way, on this, there was a scandal that came from this where in the office there were racial jokes being sent back and forth based on this angle that caused a, uh, a bit of a uh, no, human resources no, issue. They were, they were based in Georgia. Either of this anyway, this this, uh, this angle in particular. I mean, obviously none of it's been fucking good, but this one was just like <laughs> this was this. When I watched this angle, this is when I was like, okay, if these guys appear anymore on the show, I'm just fast forwarding through it. I'm not watching this shit anymore. I'm not it's all. not even gonna watch Henning in this. I don't. I don't wanna. They even fucked up the birthday cake in the face spot, which is like the most yeah. simple wrestling thing in the world. And then, and then they're just celebrating up. like kids, and it's like you fucking bellends. Yeah. So yeah. Where's the cat? <laughs> Lodi and Lenny Lane are backstage doing their first angle to set up the idea of them being a gay tag team this is where he's giving them a, a massage mm. seeing that his thumbs feel nice <laughs> they're together Kidman he's say? back wrestles psychosis they're having a really good match when yeah. Savage and Sid ran in <laughs> and treated them like jobbers and beat the shit out of them they were beaten on him like a job guy when Sting made the save and they ran off. <laughs> Nash then showed up and blamed Sting for being the driver of the Hummer. No, that's oh, the even right. worse thing. Is like, like Kidman finally turns up, but thank God for me, I like, I like Kidman. And it has a, has a decent match. And as you said, they get interrupted. Sting comes for the save. Nash comes in to confront Sting. Then those two are still in the ring, like recovering from the beating, and they just like look at each other and just leave. Best thing and to do. Just, like, yes. It's like... What the fuck? Oh, Why even bother? No quality control Why whatsoever. Even bother? Eddie Guerrero's back in the middle of all this shit. Yes. Eddie Guerrero to zero fanfare, pins Hooven to Guerrero with the frog splash. Boy, they made nothing of this. He's just yeah. back, 
and he's right yeah. where he was before. And he could have done anything. He, he was gone, really. Yeah. I, I thought he was obviously absent, but I didn't realise he'd been gone for a reason. Yeah, the, the, the six months out from the car wreck. Yeah. But, uh, a Flair and Piper interview first turned into a handicap match with both against Bagwell. Uh, Piper was out, again, pretty funny in this uh, interview doing another mm-hmm. promo on buff. Milenko runs in to even things up, but the referee ordered him to leave. So Milenko got in the corner like he was in the tag match, like he's a tag partner, and tagged into the handicap match. Milenko put Arn Anderson in the cloverleaf, and Arn Anderson's tapping out for some reason. But uh, Piper hits Bagwell with an object, and Flair pins him. So Flair gets the win back on old Buff Daddy. In a tag title match, Conan and Mysterio Jr. beat the Trad by DQ. They explained, I love this, that since Paige's team has all the belts, that all three can tag in on the triad. Mm-hmm. While this was going on, the No Limit soldiers were in Conan's corner and didn't lift a finger to stop these unfair odds. The Wyndhams, Hennig and Duncan all ran in for the DQ, and then Master P and more of the No Limit soldiers, along with Benoit and Satin, all showed up and had a wild brawl. The only thing I want to, the only reason why I'm going over this is Barry Wyndham shorts. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> Oh, kite cheese thighs! <laughs> and we say that, short shorts. They're they fucking are, hot pants. They are hot, hot pants. pants. Yeah. My <laughs> God. Who told him to do that? With these, what top? He told him to dress like Austin. He's wearing <laughs> with, the, with these fucking yellow gloves. Yeah, what was that about? I just he looked like a gardener. They, is he auditioning as the enforcer for the gay lords? <laughs> Maybe he is. Made, that would make oh, more sense. Need money? <laughs> Come on. If they'd all wear matching hot pants. The yeah. Wyndham's yeah. got enough money in the eighties. It was uh, gloves. It was quite a sight to see Barry Wyndham running around these little shorts. Or was he the masseuse? He, he wears yeah. He wears them all month because <laughs> he couldn't get them off. They were so fucking tight. <laughs> <laughs> a sight to behold. Uh, they were denim, so I'm guessing he probably, I don't know, he maybe had a shower in them one night, or was, he was caught out in the rain and they shrank, and he <laughs> physically couldn't get them off. He just kept them on for that point. Ever. I think he's probably <laughs> still wearing them. He just wears longer trousers over the top of them. <laughs> Strange thing is, he looks more like a stalker wearing those. Yeah, he does. Than he did in WWF. Sting Sting beats Sid and I can't believe that's the main event of a wrestling show in 1999 by disqualification most of the match was stalling to avoid a lockup. Sid is fucking horrible in this match he's awful he puts a chin lock on at one point it's basically like I can't just, I can't do justice on a podcast but it's just Watch basically it. he's just holding his face and sitting there yeah. while he whispers sweet things into Sting's ear. Ugh. It's well, fucking... Oh, up. can you imagine that? I don't know what they're talking about. Sid whispering sweet nothings into your ear. So bad. As, as, as he does it through his teeth, you know, the way he talks. Yeah, that's how he did it. Go on, Liam, get to the numbers. I really need a short stuff, that's what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> he was fucking recruiting. To make love to you. <laughs> Go on. Preposterous. I got, so, I got we, numbers. We've got, we've got to get to the end, because if there's ever anything symbolic about not giving a fuck anymore, it's the end to this match and the end of this show. Randy Savage and the girls come out for the DQ, of course. Luger makes the save. Another terrible main event, says Meltzer. They're doing this standoff in the ring where Sting and Luger are in the ring and Sid and Savage are outside. They're all clearly waiting for something to happen. Lex Luger in the ring is pissing himself laughing because something's fucked up somewhere. Savage gets on the mic to do a promo and says nothing. Sid then picks up the mic to do a promo and they're clearly stalling for time. They're waiting to see what's going on. Sting then takes the microphone and says at the end, we've got two words for you and holds the mic out to the fans. 
and there's like the smattering of like a few people going circuit. No, it was, and it was they, a bit louder than that. It, they did. It was, it was so weird. Sting using the DX catchphrase. Apparently, they all thought they were off the. Oh, they were waiting to go off the air, which was the deal here. But they didn't turn the cameras off. So Sting thought he was off the air and thought, oh, "I'll get a cheap pop." It's the DX catchphrase. He looked so fucking lame. People like going saying, "We got two words for you, suck it." And that's the end of the show. It's like. Look at the state of this <laughs> fucking company. You got Rick them. Steiner and Hack at some point on this show. I think Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner can just fuck right off by the way <laughs> this month. How the mighty have fallen. Oh god damn, he's awful. And then like again, look, look at the main event scene here. Sting, this is the you know. Oh. It's one thing stealing because they've been stealing lines from The Rock for months now. Oh yeah. But like stealing the DX catchphrase when DX isn't even fucking hot anymore or or, or a thing. That's well, maybe, no, no, it wasn't. maybe that's, maybe that's, that's why they did it. That. They're not a group anymore. McDivitt can't sue us. Can't, can't go with it. Kate Blanchett, say it yourself. Oh. Love it. <laughs> because you got to remember, we're getting to it. But in the next week or so, Triple H specifically says that the DX name is still worth money, and that well, uh, X Pac and Road Dog are getting all the loyalties. We can only assume. We can only loyalties. We can only assume it was Sting's prompting which encouraged Triple H. I think. I think that's it. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. Yeah. Nice. I, I I think Sting did it deliberately. Sting did it to kind of stir the pot in the WWF, and it worked. So Machiavelli moved there from I think, uh, I think Sting. Sub- I think it was a subconscious note of just just watch the other channel. <laughs> if there's anyone, <laughs> I else, am. If there's anyone left watching this, just turn over. Don't worry, we are. Raw the same night, and what a show they had to compete with. Starts with Triple H challenging the Undertaker. Heel, heel. Mm. Oh, I love heels. Not just any heels. Those heels. <laughs> Boring ass heels. Taker came out, but Vince and the corporate ministry told them that they wouldn't wrestle tonight or any night. Austin came out and they all argued, leading to Shawn Michaels coming out wearing those shorts, <laughs> a fashion disaster from the 80s. Better than Barry Windham's. They were shorter than Barry Windham's. <laughs> <laughs> Patterson and Briscoe come out and dance to his feet. Oh, that's, tr- that's <laughs> yeah, tremendous. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> they ask for a match with Vince and Shane. The segment ends with uh, Shamrock hitting Briscoe with a chair, Patterson and Briscoe dancing to the music. Just wonderful. And, there, yeah, and, and by the way, it is going to be, uh, thank, I think Austin makes that, or Sean does, Triple H versus Taker in the main event, mm. heel heel for tonight. Well, he actually has different shorts because he, he wears like he wears short shorts, and then when he comes out refing, is this when he refs? Uh, yes, he refs that. Match. Yeah, then then he comes out wearing like really short short shorts. Indeed, the rule is also made here that no one in the corporation can interfere in match at King of the Ring, where the company is at stake. The Rock pins Edge after the people's elbow the crowd is so fucking hot for the mm. rock in this match and this is a fun little match like, yeah, but yeah, it's nice it's, the, the heat makes it better but god they just the rock is king and it's funny because and we were talking about, before we went on the edge about this yeah. whole thing about this month mm. where you can really start to feel yeah, the yeah. rock feeling secondary yeah oh yeah it's but not... he's he's still the fucking man it's like when he before he did that promo was, was it this match he did the promo before I can't remember he did one anyway um and yeah, he comes out and he just he gets on the top rope and he's posing, yeah. and it feels like he's not going to do a promo. And yeah, 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 yeah. it really ran home like Jesus yeah. Christ. With Austin as the CEO, God, he's been down, down played so much. But then you think about it, it's only June, it's only a couple of months after he's mm-hmm. turned anyway. So yeah. it's not slightly raw. Um, but yeah, God, he's so fucking fantastic. Obviously, just being like a rock fan, kind of wanting to see more from him, it, he really did feel like a, a barely even second tier on this. It was just like it was just like so many people were getting more attention than he was oh, you can name literally everybody in the corporate ministry even the freaking acolytes 
just feel like there's been utilised more than okay. Rob. Now, now, you, now you're just being hyperbolic. That's Rob's that's, your boy. That's Come on. I, that's why I stated an opinion rather than facts. <laughs> right, I only think it runs in after the match and goes like a tombstone instead of King of the Ring. They did a deal where they were doing a Beaver Cleavage and Mrs. Cleavage interview, mm. uh, and then Beaver walked out halfway through and says either he couldn't do it, and you hear a voice going, "Chaz, it's live." The dish off like and, this, and then Lawler. It, Lawler and Ross are uh, acting embarrassed about his match being cancelled. Mm. What, what the fuck? This, this was, was shit, shit. yeah. This was did feel like a WCW angle. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The way you know the impromptu real, not referenced. This kind of awkward. It's bollocks. It's shit, and it's chance. So who gives a flying fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but at the very least, he's dumping this gimmick and getting something better. Steve Austin beats the Civil War Bandit with the Stone Cold Stunner. During the match, Austin shoved Vince off a ladder that he was standing on for no reason, and he took a bump on the commentary table which didn't break. Okay. <laughs> that looked like it is. <laughs> um, after the match of the corporate ministry, Vince and Shane all attack the boss man for losing the match and you think he gets kicked out of the corporation here. Looks like it's it. It's intimated. Intimated, mm. never said. Here's a hot angle for you. Palmenus comes out and attacks Albert. Handcuffs draws to the post. Handcuffs Albert to the ropes. Pulls down Albert's pants. And this 350 pound guy is standing there with a fucking thong for us all to see. And Venus... Tattoos BV on his arm. But it looked like a W. It looked like a W, yeah. His tattoos a fake W on his arm. The best is a close because he's handcuffed to the, uh, the rope. Albert. Albie. And because the camera's there, 100% audible on what he's saying. And the worst acting, oh, you're going to pay for this. <laughs> I'm going to get you for this, Venus. <laughs> he's awful, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe his promise were better in Japan. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Mr. Ass and the Acolytes beat Road Dog, Pack, and Kane in one minute against short matches all over the show. When Billy Gunn pins X Pac with a famous on the chair, X Pac asks for the tag titles to be up in this six man tag, which after seeing WC3 makes perfect sense. <laughs> Billy Gunn accepted, which got the Acolytes mad since it's their belts. And to make sure this angle played out to its no most nonsensical conclusion, the heels won anyway. <laughs> oh, but more specifically, in a very certain way, though. Heels the, bi the big story here. Big story. Billy Gunn takes the belt. Yeah. Because <laughs> he got the pin, so he just takes the belt. So he just assumes that he's now a tag champion. <laughs> With who? God knows. Take your pick. Farouk or Bradshaw? Him and his ass, probably. <laughs> mm. I. Yeah. How the hell can no one believe that. Venus. Not Venus. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, Farouk or Bradshaw wouldn't have gone and beat the shit out of Mr. Ass for stealing their belts. Yeah. Unless they were just arguing over whose belt it was. Yeah, they're too busy. I still, I still fail to believe that they wouldn't both go and kick his ass or even have the audacity to make him argue over it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, again, there's more on this. In coming. fact, we've even seen from the acolytes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Al Snow picked his nose and ate it on GTV, so we're continuing the thrilling work here of this security oh, yes, tremendous. Big Show beats Bob Holly, the big shot, in a hardcore <laughs> match when they were fighting in the parking lot and Big Show threw a car off a two-foot embankment and pinned Holly. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't kill him, but it was just enough for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Ross didn't even try and sell it on commentary that the car fell on him. He was just having none of this. Jim was like, well, I threw the car off. Looks like he's all right. <laughs> Doesn't care. Uh, well, they've seen the other side with the Humvee and limo, so, you know, like why not join in? That's the finish. That's what we're up to now in 1999. That's the finish in a big show yeah, Bob Holly nothing match. They think they can use vehicles down in Atlanta. They've seen nothing. No. Patterson and Briscoe beat Vincent Shane by DQ. The Stooges opened up by doing a double Goldberg spear. 
Uh, Vince ran away and left Shane by himself. What a mm-hmm. cool guy. Uh, they were mopping the floor with Shane when Rodney and Pete Gas ran in with a third guy who was obviously a trained worker and they both destroyed Patterson and Briscoe's ankles. Jerry Abs. Jerry Abs is here. The posse is now complete. I still want the return of Willie Green. Now. Yeah. Jerry Where was he? Where was he? Sorely missed. The Undertaker beats Triple H in a title match by DQ. Of course, DQ finishes all over the place here. Match had no heat, which makes Taker's second straight live title match main event to have no heat on television. The crowd started chanting steroids at one random point here. Mm. China? Trips? It would have been trips, yeah. Bearer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, the finish to this, speaking of Bearer, is uh, a bra- so Rock comes out and lays out Taker for DQ. A Brahma bull comes down from the ceiling. Yeah, what, <laughs> what is this? This is just out of control now. It's just like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, you know how the, the symbol, you know how, a bull. How they often said, thank God that Vince was there as the filter. Mm. Don't think there was much filtering at times. Mm. Yeah, this product, if, if they were on the downturn, if the roles are reversed and they were the ones punching up, there's no way this fucking product at the minute. If it wasn't for Austin and Rock, this product's not getting anywhere. The corporate ministry attacked the Rock, Bossman makes the save, and everyone ran off, leaving Rock with Paul Bear and he handcuffed Bearer to the Bomber Bull, but they didn't raise the sign, because he's too fast. <laughs> <laughs> there was little in the way of anything newsworthy when it came to the ratings, other than it was the lowest combined audience to watch wrestling in a long time for these two cack shows this week. Raw did a 6.0, only doing a 6.0 for this very poor show. The Nitro was 3.1, still a combined 9.1 for pro wrestling on a... On a shaky evening of programming the audience fell below 10 million total viewers for the first time in probably more than a year shit results <laughs> raw peaked for the austin Bossman match doing a 6.2 rating pretty low peak uh wc's first opposed quarter featuring the end of the masterpiece birthday angle and the return of eddie guerrero did a miserable 2.4 Good job Master P's being paid 250 grand per appearance. Nitro's head-to-head peak was the Sting-Sid Vicious match, so apparently Sid's money, I don't know, did a 3.6 but still got beaten handily by Vincent Shane versus Patterson and Briscoe, which did a 5.7. The uh, five-minute finish of Undertaker Triple H, which went unopposed with Nitro going off the air on the hour, did a 7.4. 7.4, bro. <laughs> a Triple H and Undertaker in a wrestling match. After a week, it is even less clear what WCW hoped to accomplish when putting Sable on Nitro on June 14th. While it was the talk of wrestling for a week, that didn't amount to a thing in the ratings. The ensuing Thunder Show dropped even lower than the ratings marks of the previous weeks. And it opened WCW up to potential legal action, which seems stupid to strengthen the WWF's antitrust case against them at this stage in the game, which is all her appearance really did. Mero's explanation in the USA Today on the current state of the business on June 21st was, I wanted to see if the same level of obscenity was taking place in WCW. It was not. Different kind. (laughs) Yeah, it was worse. The same story in the USA Today had a quote from Conan that is sure to cause hot water in WCW, saying the company is getting stale and fresh faces are being held back. (laughs) <laughs> you have a lot of wrestlers that wield a lot of power says Conan if you don't conform or be part of their clique if you're not drinking or training with them you get cut out that's just bad business he also said that at one point Bischoff was intolerable and his condescending approach wasn't getting results but that Bischoff was trying to rectify it Bischoff was furious at these quotes feeling it may be the first time that Time Warner management realises the situation in WCW and was said to be a uh, shouting match between Bischoff and Conan before Nitro uh, earlier that day what was Conan trying to accomplish with those? Maybe he wasn't trying to accomplish anything. Maybe he, he, wanted, just maybe he wanted his release so he could go to the WWF and be Max Moon again. Maybe. 
anything's better at this point than being <laughs> affiliated with No Limit Soldiers. It appears that WCW, and think about that. Okay, so just prefacing this with Dennis Rodman, Master P, Sid Vicious, $800,000 plus a $50,000 yep. bonus. Go on. It appears that WCW have completely given up on signing Chris Jericho. <laughs> Which probably more than anything else is the epitome of what a losing company this has turned into. When one of the two most marketable talents for the long term, the other being Goldberg, isn't even attempted to be negotiated with because certain people have others' ears saying he's never drawn money. Or whatever stupid things these guys who've never drawn money themselves or have in the past say about people lower on the card with more talent than they have. However, Bischoff is making a late play for him. The WWF is pitching Jericho on the idea that he's going to be the next Shawn Michaels. Got a pair of shorts for you. <laughs> An even bigger flop than recent Nitros is WCW's multi-million dollar It's Out There image campaign. <laughs> what? We talked about this a little bit in the last show where they had um, like Goldberg playing golf in his socks or something like that. Like it, it just says WCW It's Out There. It's like Goldberg playing golf in his tights and like in a golfing costume. That's almost sounds like they've got an attitude or something yeah yeah mm. for example this week's Sports Illustrated had a full page colour ad showing Buff Bagwell posing with the WCW logo it didn't even advertise Nitro's starting time or the date of the next pay per view it's just a picture of Buff Bagwell in Sports Illustrated I, I, I assumed you meant like he, he had like a, a plastic version of the logo that he was posing with <laughs> possibly over his crotch yeah like mm. Sean and Playgirl yes mm. yeah. I always think of Sean and Playgirl for some reason yeah I'm <laughs> you for Christmas this year by the way yes Scott Steiner's back is said to be in such bad shape there is even talk he may not be long for the business and this is in June of 1999 so uh <laughs> yeah mm. June 23rd Hulk Hogan appears on Larry King Live nearly everything he said was self-serving and a good portion of it was untrue but if it wasn't for him trying to take seriously the presidential thing and using the word Polak the appearance would have been a pretty good PR coup for him and WCW. <laughs> he had to apologise for the prologue remark. To who? Um, he pretty much I thought he was just building to a programme with Scott Putsky. Maybe. He pretty much tried to tie himself to Bret Hart's hip, claiming he was very close to Owen Hart. Yeah. To the grave, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Hogan called... <laughs> Hogan called Brett over the past week and laid out a programme idea where they would work against each other, both as old-style superhero babyfaces, leading to a three-way with Goldberg later this year. Sorry, who was the first? Who was the other guy? Hart versus Hogan. Okay. Babyface battle. Goldberg I wonder, I wonder how that would have panned out. Mm. Bit of an editorial here from Meltzer. Does it seem like everything is falling apart in WCW? Then why should this week be like any other? The Master P deal has turned into a colossal joke and may have already fallen apart. Last week in New Orleans, Master P kept making demands on WCW for more limos, more perks, and tried to negotiate contracts. Apparently Swall signed a contract for $350,000 a year with a $50,000 signing bonus, and Eric Bischoff actually believed the guy used to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Where the fuck is he? I don't know. He's, no, he's a fan. He's just a Mark fan that was like a friend of Master P's. Wanted to get in the business. They told him he wrestled in New Japan. He signed him for 350 grand a year. Brilliant. Fuck it. It's Ted's money anyway. But Jericho, we can't pay him anything. Fucking unbelievable. Of course Master P was asking for more limos and perks. Everyone was getting it. Yeah. Travis Trick got those three motorcycles that time. How much money was it again they lost this year? Oh, Christ. It's something like 15 million this year. Ricky Ratman got a fucking island as a signing bonus. <laughs> uh, Master, Master P was showing less than zero respect for Bischoff. And then the next morning, one of his bodyguards was arrested at the airport for carrying a gun. <laughs> There must have been a blow-up because it is said that both him and Dennis Robbins' appearances for the Georgia Dome Nitro on July 5th were in jeopardy. 
The latest inside word was that P was through, but Swall will still be at Nitro. Oh, thank God. Distancing, distancing himself from Master P, since he was the one who was the real wrestling fan out of the group to begin with. He's got his money, and he's got his deal. <laughs> the state of WCW at this point is getting so depressing. It's probably not even at the worst of it yet. No, no, and it's not, and it's not really remotely surprising, is it? No, but this is the, like the this is the closest time to when it was great, to when it was going. I mean, to, to be diabolical, but, but you know, yeah, okay, yeah. This most, imp- yeah, this yeah. more noticeable now. You can yeah. still, yeah, it's like that's the thing we talked about on the last podcast. From January to May seems like the sharpest, steepest yeah. decline. This looks like a different promotion. Yeah, now now we're where we know they go to. This is number two, and they suck now. Mm. Oh, it's just sad. Thing is, you can, we can't. You we talk about a sharp decline from from January to May. At this point, they haven't even bottomed out. <laughs> that is the scary thought. <laughs> There's more to come, folks. We move to the King of the Ring, the WF's King of the Ring, June twenty seventh, nineteen thousand seven hundred and sixty one fans sell out the building. A one point one three buy rate for four hundred and forty thousand buys for the second terrible wrestling pay per view of the month. <laughs> King ass. <laughs> oh. Well, no one was asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, <laughs> fucking alcohol. <laughs> so Billy Gunn wins the King of the Ring here. Great. The only, the only redeeming feature How of this tournament was Bob Holly backstage after the chair shot with his rambling promo. I found that mildly amusing. <laughs> it's the only thing in this tournament that was any good. <laughs> so who won the applause trips? Uh, Shamrock. Shamrock in 98, yeah. This is the one when... Shamrock then gets beaten in the first round of this tournament by King Ass. Okay. Just bear in mind that uh, Mr. Ass beat Ken Shamrock, Kane and X-Pac. Yes. Great. Um, I was going to say, the King of the Ring is like, jump the shark by this point. I would say at this point, yeah, I'd say by this point then. It was probably the first two. Who won the third? Mabel. Mabel won the third. After Austin then. Yeah. Austin, Trips got it in 97. Yeah, that's it. So... At this point, the King of the Ring means little to nothing. But uh, and they don't follow it up, and it's it's just a guy now. It's, it, it, they don't even follow, yeah, they don't even follow up Billy Gunn like winning on the show. He wins, he stumbles over. They do a very quick interview where he says, "Kiss my royal ass" or something like that. Well, that's the next line I can't remember. But either way, he just saunters to the back, and all right, Billy Gunn won, I guess. Billy's terrible. Shit show. This is a shit show. Short matches in the Poor tournament all over the place. Big Show and Kane is fucking hard oh, on this show. Oh, it makes you yearn for the year. So yeah, I'll start that again. <laughs> yeah. It makes you. Man, that was my stew. bastard. It makes you yearn for Sid's chin lock. No, it that double choke hold. The double choke the, slap that goes on. No, damn it! So they do a double big boot oh, and they oh. miss. They both miss and they both collapse. Oh. It's terrible. There is a story behind that, by the way. I will get to the timing shortly, but uh, the McMahons win control when the briefcase is mysteriously raised. Never find out who by. We never find out. Uh, Vince Russo's unsolved mysteries. It's a month, it's a month of this. mysteries with a Hummer driver and the... Uh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 was, I was actually wondering if it was like... The, the, I don't know who it was, but if it was the same person that did both, that maybe like <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe the rope that was holding the suitcase was attached to the Hummer, Jake. And, they, and they just drove it. It's Jake. Yeah. Jake's doing everything this way. And they're probably behind GTV yeah. as well at this stage. <laughs> Taker retains the belt Rock pretty much has like him beaten like twice here Triple H gets involved Undertaker's awful here he's terrible this month he is awful this I, I've, I've no business being the champion I say I'll give him a tough ride on the last show I think that I mean actually every show we do this because I forget and then I remember how fucking of a passenger is for much of his career um, but yeah you look at particularly Rock Austin 
he's like so he's not one step behind these two as a top as a champion he's a million steps behind oh it's a chasm oh my god he's so he didn't even notice he's the champ that's the thing he doesn't for uh, the guy who's protected and put on the pedestal unlike anyone mm. he doesn't even come across like a, like a, a, a big deal as the champ it's just mm. maybe that's just the show in general for me this, this month it's yeah. just eh. yeah even just little things like he's not even like wearing like Entrance attire anymore. I know it's like not really major anything, but he's not even taking like he's his not, entrance he's not seriously. To come he's not trying, star. not trying to look like a, like a, anything. Fat bastard. <laughs> this this is the first. Maybe he didn't fit. Yeah, maybe <laughs> this was the first and only time I ever watched this show. I've I've never had a desire of watching it, but you know, for the sake of this, uh, I decided to, and just uh, I just wish I could forget all of it. Uh, I'm praying. You to, will. I, I, I'm hoping I will. You will. Because uh, yeah, the Mr. Ass stuff was just it's it's down there with 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 Mabel in terms of just absolutely pointless, forgettable, useless shit. Um, at least Mabel main yeah. evented the SummerSlam. Right, wrong, or otherwise, <laughs> at least they had some follow through. It's wrong. And the the <laughs> the, the, the Austin the Austin main event was just. I mean, yeah, Austin's fun great. Uh, it's fun enough, but I just, I just, Austin's great and all, but I just don't know whose bright idea was it to think that Austin, Shane, and Vince would have a great ladder match. We can make this quick. You're approaching it from the wrong angle. Nobody looked at that and thought they can have a great ladder match. Mm. It's a way to put control of the company on the line. Mm. You can have smoke and mirrors to get Vince and Shane through, mm. and you can have Austin lose without being pinned. That's it. Still sucked. This match reminded me of the. Brett and Vince match from Mania. Yeah, it's, it's all shine with Austin yeah. getting the, the getting the revenge and beating the shit. But this is done better. And yeah. the crowd cares. And the crowd cares because Austin can go and there's like a nice little story and the, yeah. the, the set pieces are nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that respect, it works. The timing, like you just this Vince Austin thing, like, you know, it should, this should have some kind of culminating moment. This should be, and it's just King of the Ring that's thrown out there, and it's like it's only been built a week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the problem yeah. with it. But yeah, in terms of the actual, uh, what was I saying? I can't really go on, but yeah, it, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't feel anything particularly uh, like noteworthy really in comparison to as you just mentioned previous uh, Austin Vince uh, altercations control the company the, the, on the line the, the, the thing the that really got me and, and you, and you well, just came out of nowhere so. yeah, yeah. yeah the thing that really got me and you kind of just alluded to it earlier was about the rock undertaker and I asked you this question when we were, when we were off uh, off uh, Mike rock and undertaker any match they haven't wrestled each other that often and it's just like, did they ever have any kind of good matches that you can recall? Because oh, sorry, Austin Ro- uh, Taker Rock as well. Oh, sorry, yeah. Austin Taker. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. because it just comes across like this. This match is just, it's just, and any match that these two have ever had, it, not the drizzling and shit, so to say, but it's just there's no natural chemistry between them. And I was, I was, I was the Rock's great. I love the Rock. I was bored by this fucking match. It was absolutely awful. I was just like, this is not doing uh, the Rock any favours, and it's certainly not doing the title any favours either, but then having it on Undertaker is is a bad start. It's just, I've I've, I've never gotten that dynamic at all, and it's probably a reason why they've they've rarely ever wrestled each other, because there's just nothing there, just an absolute void. And you can actually just describe that, as you mentioned, of just Undertaker in general in this. He's just... Ever. But you take him out. He looks so on autopilot, but more so than ever, at least at other times, it's like... He's kind of trying here. It's just like he just really looks like he's just can't be fucked. <laughs> and this is the moment when he probably should because he's a fucking champion. He's the biggest push but, probably he's ever. But, had. Yeah, he's the, he's the champion during a time in which even though they're doing absolute shit, everyone's lapping it up like hell. It's like you should be given a damn. You should be getting a free ride, but like, he's but not. Don't, don't, sit, the, don't sit in the back seat. You know, yeah. it's like fucking hell. His matches are dead. The effort's not. Oh, there. Everything is just. <laughs> Sucks. If, he hurt, if he's hurt, get the fuck out of the way. I just think, as we said it before, and it's, I think he's beating the dead horse, whatever, I'm sorry, but 
if you take Undertaker out of the history of WWF, I don't think it's that fucking different. No. We, I, had, we had the whole yeah. debate about the trial of the Undertaker. That you was one will, of the main crux of the argument. You will have, you just have another big man in that place instead. You probably a couple because I'll probably cycle him a bit more and he won't have the longevity, fair enough. But in terms of value added to the show, he's a supplementary character and he would, wouldn't have made that much of a difference in the long run, one way or the other, I don't think. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Uh, apparently the timing problems on this show were because three of the matches ended way too early two of which were X-Pac versus Road Dog, which ended really short yeah. uh, X-Pac versus Billy Gunn also ended too short when it came time for the main event it was only 9.57pm even with videos in the introduction and stalling uh, that would have required a main event to go 40 minutes and it was decided that wasn't a good idea uh, there's also a screw up in the Big Show versus Kane match particularly the finish there was the spot where Kane held the choke literally forever oh. Kane was supposed sorry Big Show was supposed to get up but was looking for a cue which didn't come or he didn't see it both guys got lost sat there panicked <laughs> and it fell apart from there yeah. they're just waiting and time yeah. stood still yeah interesting note in the torch here by the way we talked about the manoeuvrings Triple H was lobbying for X-Pac to be the one to win the King of the Ring tournament Hmm. Less of a threat. No, he's not heel. Probably, probably a better choice. Well, What's yeah. X Pac gonna do? He's, 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 he's not gonna. Yeah, Pac's a small face. I think, but Billy's the big, muscly, blonde guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's, no, he's, a, he's a threat on the heel. Even the heels being pushed. Mm. Yeah. After after fucking doing the whole big thing about yeah, we've got to push heels, and then here he is lobbying for his mate. X-Pac. Oh, not that heel. <laughs> not that heel though. <laughs> Again, not wrong. No, he's not wrong. <laughs> Next night, June 28th, it's the last Raw and Nitro of the month, we'll start with Raw here. The show opened with a corporate ministry celebration for getting the company back, and Shane firing Steve Austin as the CEO. Vince said that Austin would become a prelim wrestler and part of the ring crew, but Austin came out and claimed that he had, as the CEO, before losing the match at the pay-per-view, haha, signed himself for a WWF title match that will take place later in the show, and also to a brand new huge contract. Earlier, McMahon had promised Triple H a title match. Uh, at the next pay-per-view and they had a deal where Bossman came out <laughs> which yeah. was great to his old to his old music yeah uh, but ended up hugging McMahon's so that angle from yeah. last week has already been erased and this I love you guys I love you guys one of your favourite moments Carl I know um, brought a tear to my eye so I guess and there's, there's always been the rumblings here that the underlying implication was supposed to be that Bossman was kicked out of the corporation, raised the briefcase when he wasn't in the corporation, and then joined again the next night. Is that supposed to be it? Probably should have told us that. They never told us that. Okay. And the fact that they acted like, you know, it was legit. And, what the it's, fuck it's, was this it's, it's the same as, it's on that master P ratio. They assume you know. Mm. You're supposed to just know anyway. The King of the Ring, Mr. Ass, comes out for an interview. Triple H in China come out and said that X-Pac and Road Dog were getting all the DX merch money. He said he's putting China with Billy to go after Dog and X-Pac uh, to go and get his cash. So, yeah, Triple okay, H okay. flexing his muscle here. Yeah, he, 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 says, he says specifically, he says, uh, I'm going to give you uh, the best, I think he's like the best debt collector or something like that to go with you. And you're just like, who? And it's like, oh, her. <laughs> yeah, her. Go and get my standing, money. Standing in her chaps. <laughs> yeah, good luck. So well, anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Good on Sean. Mm. Go on. Yeah, yeah. He's a sexy boy. Beaver and Mama Cleavage this week were Chaz Warrington and his girlfriend Mariana. Chaz said he's just Chaz from New Jersey. <laughs> That's money. Did you Did you notice what his attire was? Who cares? Smiley face shorts. Yes. This This is what he's given up the uh, the Beaver. Whatever the fucking is that? It's Chaz. No one gives yeah. a shit. But it's just, it's just that's yeah. But this is just a sign of like the thought process of what they're doing. So they go with the shit gimmick and then go, okay, we're going to do something different where he's going to be like real. 
he's going to like turn around and say, "Oh, I'm not going to do the gimmick." Oh, and the best like, thought I've been a headbanger and a spider is, and all. And then yeah, he's supposed to be himself and have some fun. And he basically looks like he's wearing swimming shorts with a freaking smiley face on. Maybe that's what he wears at home. Look, it's not Austin. It's not Rock. They don't care. <laughs> is that is that the, the and his missus is fully clothed? So yeah, fuck that. Yeah, this this <laughs> is the theme pretty Come much on, for the summer. I was going to say you've been quite quiet in aspects of the show here. I'm sensing a general disdain towards anything. Well, this is the thing. Why should I have any other view? Because it's all so... It's just such meaningless crap. Yeah. It really is. He talks about being a sister of love, which is a gimmick that about yeah. two people remember. It's just... This appears, to s- more than anything else, says Meltzer, to send the message that if you're in the WWF and you don't like your gimmick, you just don't do it and everything is fine. It's a form of subtle own heart damage control for the public. I, I will admit that that psychology was lost on me. Yeah. Um, GTV is back they showed Test kissing Stephanie McMahon made a really big deal about it so this is actually the one angle actually meant something here on GTV mm. the, the, the posse jumping later yeah that's right Lawler putting over about the motel was fucking hilarious <laughs> what are you, what are you well, he's just saying that he's basically just insinuating what they're doing in a, in a motel yeah. I can't believe he's banged I, Stephanie McMahon he's a wrestler and just the, the, all that stuff about yeah. the, the Steph going out the Steph Steph going out of a, um, a wrestler was fucking hilarious it's, just a, it's prime Lawler shtick that's it? great it's, <laughs> it's yeah. Bob Holly beat Kane in 90 seconds after the big show chokeslammed Kane. After the match, Kane got up and chokeslammed Holly four times, so no one got over. <laughs> Just no. That's like I, today's booking. I, I greatly enjoyed the post match. <laughs> I think I, we all did. Look at the crowd. The crowd was going crazy. It was glorious. It's like it was four times, like one after another, they kept going back and doing it again. Yeah. The crowd's like, yeah, she's going to kill him again. Was this the match where. Bob Core did the promo before. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. fucking dead. It's like God. They are trying. They will allow guys to try and be themselves and do stuff. But he, you fucking suck, he's dude. Bob Holly. He's Bob. He's the plug for the fuck's sake. The big shot. Think again. <laughs> Trash. Big shot. Big shot, Bob. <laughs> oh god, yeah. You're on the big shot around here. Yeah, you know, big shot to come in the face. Of dick. <laughs> <laughs> Mark beat Triple H by DQ, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. In a minute and a half, of course, and Mr. Ass hit him with a club. The new king of- afraid of wrestling matches on these shows. Vince Russo is, yes. The new king of the ring, Billy Gunn, gets beaten by Bradshaw on the show <laughs> to get his tag team title belt back. This is all that sweet. What in the fuck are they doing with the king of the ring? Well, they've oh, gone ahead and crowned his ass now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really did. Well, it was thanks to X-Pac interference, wasn't it? it was yeah, Farouk and X-Pac get in the way. China jumps X-Pac and then Dog makes the save and decks China, so they set up the tag match there for mm. fully loaded. Jarrett kept the IC title that I completely forgot that he had. Beating X-Pac in five minutes in what was actually a pretty decent little match. Mr. Ass does the run-in. Again, just run-ins all over the place here. Deborah undoes her top. X-Pac hits Jarrett with a guitar. But Mr. Ass is the famous one. X-Pac allowing Jarrett to get the pin after all. Mm. Badass bit. He was, <laughs> he was all over this fucking show. All over it. And looking like a loser every time. Oh, like a loser, yeah. Just, uh, Apart from the time he hits horrible. the ball. <laughs> it's like the fourth appearance by Mr. Ass. And in every single scene he looks like a knob. In the main event, where it really matters, Steve Austin beats The Undertaker to regain Yay. the WWF Championship with a Stone Cold Stunner. The match was good and the pops for Austin's big spots were through the roof as he was getting his big momentum. Thunderous. Absolutely awesome atmosphere. Taker destroyed Austin with the belt after the match was finished and Austin juiced heavily, which of course is setting up a uh, stipulation coming up shortly. But uh, yes, yeah, Steve Austin, thank God, 
the direct champion again. Yeah, that felt right. It did feel right. That's better. Get that shit out of the way. Mm -hmm. And um, now we move forward for hopefully a bit more of a prosperous July for the WWF. Mm. <laughs> Nitro, on the other hand, <laughs> speaking of prosperous, it starts with Benoit and Saturn over Finley and Regal, which is a, probably the best match on the show. Mm -hmm. um, Flair and Piper and the crew come out. <laughs> Piper and the crew. Savage and Sid come out. Arn walks off as soon as Sid shows up. I don't blame him. I do the same. They made a deal to work together, and at this point, I just again I didn't because I don't remember this. I just threw my hands in the air and I was like, when Savage came back, he cost Flair the world title. He repeatedly cost Flair the world title. Mm -hmm. What is going on? This was only two months ago. Yeah, a two-month feud cycle. Everyone knows that. Well, he did, it's he career did, cycle. Actually, he, he did. He did say that him and Savage have had their issues in the past. He did. That's it. <laughs> That's he, right. he, he referenced it. He said, "We've had our issues in the past, but I'm re re ready, uh, ready to bury the hatchet, and uh, I got a deal for you. Yeah. I'll allow you to do your elbow drop." Maybe he has no perception of time in his old senile state, Ric Flair. I, yeah, he knows it happened. He's he mentioning it. He's like a dog. He can't. He knows. <laughs> he definitely knows it happened in the past. Yeah. He's not sure how long in the past. Yeah. Could have been any time before last night. Uh, and in truth, Savage probably forgave him. Because he never did show that big picture up at the uh, yeah. in the huge dome. I just noticed this uh, uh, throughout the entire uh, month. Flair's old, and and there's like a little thing which is kind of slightly funny with Roddy Piper, where he just keeps saying like, "If you die or you get hit by a truck, I'm the I'm the president, right?" It's and just saying, and it just keeps it. And, and Flair acknowledges it, going, "Yeah, I might die. I might die on top of Buff's girlfriend." And he just says, <laughs> like, this, like, "What? Like what?" The two, the, two, the two months are basically just you know, Flair being Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. 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 Being That's a pretty good, yeah. Being a press. Charles, in the middle of this deal, Charles Robinson playing the fan at home yeah. is like, what the fuck are you doing? This yeah. doesn't make any sense, right? In his little blazer. In his little blazer, mini nage. Saying what out. we're all thinking. He's wigging yeah. out. They did another promo of uh, Lenny and Lodi backstage doing the Gaylords gimmick. Uh, Lane acted worried that he'd lose his job if people in WCW found out about them, but recognised that WCW was a progressive company. So I guess he didn't notice the camera watching them then. Or he didn't think they're together the entire time? Well, I doubt they watched the show back. They're together. Mm. Nothing, yeah. nothing says prog a progressive company like a storyline built on, so somewhat built on uh, racial, racial lines and <laughs> stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, apparently the deal was that all this was supposed to lose the fact they're actually brothers. All this teasing that they, you know, what their, their big secret was that they're actually brothers. Mm. <laughs> and they're gay brothers. brothers. And not gay. And not gay. And oh. not gay. Oh, wait, because it's so easily mixed up between the two. Mm. I mean, gay incest would be progressive, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's something that's, Vince would book. That's, that's a step forward for WCW. That's but, so uh, Stephanie and Shane. Yeah. Nash did an interview and got a real big pop on this show for once. Uh, Nash is desperately trying to book himself as the guy alone against all the odds just like Steve Austin. He said in exchange for giving David Flair a title match tonight, that's right. There we go. If he won, he wanted Toy Wilson for 72 hours <laughs> yeah. and said that's because all he would need and she'd be ruined. ruined. Yeah. <laughs> What a man! Everyone else asked for thirty days or seventy days, whatever. But yeah, only seventy-two hours. You got to feed them after three days, though. Yeah. <laughs> the West Texas Rednecks, your favourites, beat the NWO black and white. Hennig is a riot. See, there's a clue there. Yeah, yeah. Hennig is a riot and has more talent than the other seven guys put together. Says Melton, he's not wrong. Kurt, Kurt seems yeah. a little bit inspired during this period. Even though he's working. They're, so much over, that's they're, they're at least giving him something to do. Yeah, something yeah. fun. 
The triad beat Malenko and Bagwell. There's a lot of heat backstage. Uh, Bagwell was complaining because he was asked to do the job for Sid in a dark match after the show ended. And Malenko was pissed because whenever they've done the tag matches, Bagwell is the one that always gets the glory, but he's the one who does all the work and looks bad in the finishes. Uh, they played the Rednecks video with the guys playing instruments. <laughs> the rap is crap. This song is actually getting some interest as a novelty single, both from record companies and a few country stations, and stations with DJs that do a lot of wrestling talk. So rap is crap is getting an underground It's getting surge. over. It's actually getting over. An underground swall. An underground <laughs> swall, if you will. Yeah. A huge swall of momentum mm. here for Kurt Henning and the West Texas Rednecks. Although I think, if I remember right, they actually announced that they were going to do the music video for this and it drew like yeah. 30 fans. Oh really? Yeah, no one went. No Every, one everything, everything's got a, a little, you know, ceiling. A natural ceiling. Sid beat Scott Putzky in a five minute match on WCW Nitro. I was only taking the piss before I didn't realise he was actually still employed. Well, they probably gave him a sympathy job after Hogan's slur. Ah. <laughs> There's Goldberg chance in this match. The main event is Kevin Nash versus David Flair which is just beyond fucking terrible. I'm not even joking, he probably was booked coming after the Sonny Ono stuff over the years he probably was booked on the show just because of the Polak yeah, line yeah. Yeah. there's been stranger things in wrestling yeah, yeah, really yeah. they had all the heels as lumberjacks for this Nash versus David Flair match Arn is the ref basically everybody jumps on Nash who sold very little considering it was a 16 on 1 beatdown mm. uh, David put the figure 4 on him but Nash broke it up like it was a complete joke and started beating up all 16 people Nash zapped everyone with a taser. He carried gorgeous George out over his shoulder and Tory Wilson came running away with Nash to give the impression that Mr. Cool Guy Nash is almost as cool as Tommy Dreamer and is going to do his own three-way dance. He's going to take them both because he's hardcore. Come on, Kieran, take the bait. Take the bait. (laughs) I would have a beer with one of those two people. It's not Tommy Dreamer. (laughs) When he went into his limo, he saw the dreaded Hummer, did Kevin Nash. In the reflection, he could see the driver. Oh my god, it's not Sable. It's not even a woman. It's Jeff Farmer. <laughs> That's right. Fake, fake, fake sting. sting. Fake Sting is the punchline to this. It's not just the match. They have the promos on building up to it. There's the promo with Ric Flair and David Flair and, and some guy called Uncle Ben or, or I don't know what it was and they're, <laughs> and they're outside the state uh, is it the state is it outside like, the stadium or something they got like a Michael Jordan statue outside and he's trying to like claim that like once he's won the belt like they're going to build a statue of David Flair and he goes everyone will want to be like Dave and he just keeps <laughs> saying it the numbers came in with the WWF doing its best rating in a competitive situation other than the Owen show a 6.8 rating to Nitro's 3.6 People clearly don't like Dave's. <laughs> no. A small part of Raw's number uh, was that it went eight minutes unopposed at the end of the show, which drew for Austin versus Undertaker a 9.5 rating and a 17.1 share, making it the most watched match in cable television history. It became the first match in cable wrestling television history to ever break the 7 million homes and 10 million viewers mark for one match. Nash versus David Flair did a 4.4 quarter hour somehow. Uh, the actual quarter hour peak for all was the prior segment at a 7.3 for the ivory angle on this show and Jarrett versus X-Pac match. Nitro ended at 10.57. Nitro appears to have given up on going longer as another sign that the company has in many ways thrown in the towel without quite admitting it. The shows are three hours long yeah. for Christ's oh. sake. They've been going long for, about, for well over a year. And what a fucking killer that is. If, if anyone... Has any doubts over three hours being too long? Watch, I know they're different shows, but watch a, a Raw and a Nitro from this period. Yeah. 
nitrogen rules shit and it's, it's nonsensical in many moments I can always say but it doesn't drag like the fucking there's, there's at least a cut and thrust to yeah, it isn't there yeah yeah there's, yeah, there's, there's energy and there's momentum but there's so much bullshit failure of fucking Ernest Miller and the like <laughs> Scott Putskin I'm sure Mike Enos appeared at some point during this <laughs> one <laughs> he did he was all over the place in 99 as another sign that no one gives a fuck anymore Eric Bischoff wasn't even at Nitro or Thunder this week Ooh, two Thunder references this one <laughs> yeah who knew however one for each viewer yes more, more state of the fucking nation address here they added Rick Steiner versus Van Hammer for the TV title at the next pay-per-view good god yeah. There was also talk of making Ernest Miller the US champion and having him work a program with Disco Inferno. Fucking hell. Public Enemy is back <laughs> in WCW. Fucking hell. And there is talk about putting them in a group with Hack. These are the plans that are going to turn it around. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, I'm not back for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> some, of this, some of that doesn't happen. The WWF's Terry Taylor does. <laughs> Terry Taylor is trying to sign undiscovered talent to developmental deals and pitching people on the idea he wants to get a light heavyweight division going. Vince is against it, surprisingly. Mm. It's no secret that Ric Flair isn't thrilled with his current role designed to end his career. And quite frankly, Nash is the first booker who looks like he may succeed in this regard. Flair's back is legitimately hurt and probably any wrestler who's been around as long as Flair could be examined by a doctor and numerous injuries found. He's having an MRI next week. Probably this is similar to Hogan, in that Hogan did have a knee injury but took the opportune time to sit out. Flair himself liked the idea of the chemistry of himself, Hogan, Piper and Savage all together as a unit against the younger guys. But Savage didn't want to be positioned as an old guy, uh, so he refused the angle. The reality- He's making an effort to cover the bald spot. Come on. <laughs> the, Matt. the reality is Flair would be doing the jobs for all four of the uh, old guys in that scenario for the most part. So. He agrees to a lot of fucking stupid stuff to Zoldrick, doesn't he? He does. It questions his... Yeah. You He's think a pushover. He's a total pushover. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just a terrible idea, though. Just think the logic of putting himself in that group. Yeah. Completely oblivious to what the wrestling his, tendencies his, of those other guys. Well, his, his one breaking point was Spartacus, wasn't it? That's the only time. <laughs> oh, that's the one, That's yeah, the only yeah. time. Bret Hart is planning on returning on the July 5th Nitro. In WCW's Infinite Wisdom on Nitro this week, they never once mentioned that Bret Hart was coming back next week, but they did do an angle to build for Ernest Miller versus Jerry Flynn for that show. <laughs> is that like the karate match or the kickboxing yeah. match? Oh, uh, God, we're approaching that time period where we get to the block. The block? Yeah. What are you talking about? What have I missed? Jer- Jerry Flynn and the block. We'll get there. <laughs> I have no memory of this whatsoever. We'll get there. We'll get there in subsequent podcasts. All right. What a hook. <laughs> you sure you're not coming back, Jim? <laughs> well, I am now. <laughs> the main event for the next Nitro is going to be Kevin Nash versus Sid Vicious for the title. It's in your house one all over again. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't know if people actually believe this, but there is internal talk in WCW that things will turn around when Hogan, Hart and Goldberg all return. Of course they will. Hogan is trying to make a play for even more political power when he does return. There are so many games being played for power by the master manipulators that I don't know if anyone even knows who their allies and enemies truly are anymore. It's like three-dimensional chess. Mm-hmm. In four dimensions. <laughs> in what was a huge signing, this is our last note for the month here, not only for its long-term repercussions, but for what message it sends short-term about the future of both respective US companies, Chris Jericho inked a three-year deal with Titan Sports on June 31st. 
Titan immediately announced the signing on the website. Jericho still has a handful of house show dates remaining with WCW, but is not expected to appear on any telecasts per the order of Eric Bischoff, who had made the decision not to use him on TV months ago. Signing Jericho had been considered the number one personal project for 1999 by Jim Ross, particularly after Benoit, who is considered an equal priority, decided to re-up with WCW. Jericho is thought to be an unquestioned top player for the future. He's got the in-ring ability, the interview skills and the look, with the only question being him being untested in the US as a headliner, because WCW never gave him the chance. The slight question of size is also an issue, as he's smaller than most wrestlers WC, uh, sorry, WWF gives pushes to. Although slightly shorter, he's physically heavier than Shawn Michaels, who he has often been compared with and was at one time Time, Titan's biggest star. So uh, that closes out the notes for uh, June of 99, but I think a good one to end on here, Jericho signing with the WWF, which I was so excited about. And I remember, Kieran, coming home from school, walking home, and you telling me that it was on the website that Jericho signed, and I was giddy with anticipation after the one, one of the few beacons of hope in WCW. Yeah, we were huge Jericho fans. Huge fans of Jericho at the time, and to hear that he was coming in, it's like, oh. I mean, I think in my... Magic is about to happen, what was, what, was, what was that? What was the the game you had WCW vs the world no it wasn't was it uh, Nitro WCW Nitro, Nitro yeah Nitro. I mean yeah Jericho wasn't the leader of, of D-Nex <laughs> your group that was inevitably yeah. Dean Malenko the, the clue's in the name um, <laughs> but he, he was the second he was a star yeah so I, obviously I liked him a lot he was it, he was great very excited he's going to be used right we bought into the myth that Vint knows how to make and create stars um, and maintain stars he's going to get the chance god damn it and we also thought he is the new Shawn Michaels we thought he's the new Shawn Michaels and if the WF can be great with the shit they've got like Billy Gunn just imagine what just imagine Chris Jericho when he gets there I mean there. there's no one there who, whose toes Jericho's going to stand on now no there's no one who's going to play games who is going to be worried that his hair's too slim to Jericho's and uh, plain sailing all the way and, and cash money and Jericho has already seen just how advantageous it can be to talent moving over to the WWF look at what's going on with Big Show right now oh. yeah Stellar, stellar stuff. A shoe in here for, for, for surefire success. This entire month is encapsulated by that one thing. The, the, look where they're spending their money right yeah. now. And Jericho, yeah, again, obviously we, we, we all know what Jericho's a bit of a slow burner and the direct a bit slower than we anticipated, perhaps. But still, well, they had him. Yeah, they, they, let, him, they let him go. They it, it, it's, just, it's just an. In- Despite what happens with Jericho initially, and do it, it's it's a damning indictment of WCW that they, they are losing the future of the company. And I'm not just talking about him. You, you, no, we'll we'll see it as this progresses, yeah. but it's a sign of them losing the backbone and the future of the company to bring in a rapper that I dare say not only had we never heard of, most of America probably hadn't heard of. He seems who's, like the kind of guy who's, who's over with who's, segments. Whose only it. contribution. I can see outside of the 5,000 tickets to the Superdome was to get over a heel group of rednecks as baby faces as baby faces <laughs> well to be fair that is more than the booking crew have got over in the last two years or so That's so true. maybe he deserves his money think about it think of all the how much those bookers pay to get guys over Master P uh, I suppose he could do a good turn as well. Exactly. Swell got, got paid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, this, is, this has been a tough month, I think, for, for, for this timeline, because neither show is particularly interesting. <laughs> or, or particularly good. Or particularly, that's what I mean. You know, there's, nothing, there's nothing really stand out at all. Usually there's always some threads of greatness here that make it obvious why this period of time is so revered. This is kind of the exception so far. June 99, 
not a lot of good stuff at all and uh, there's one point in the, I think it's the first Nitro of the month where you've got the Steiners and Sting and Luger doing a stare off a face off to end the show it's like this is like Super Bowl 91 and you got all these friends, Eddie Guerrero's back and you know Benoit you know who knows how big these guys have been Jericho's there meanwhile WCW is giving all this time to the Van Hammers and the Horace Hogan's of the world and Sid leapfrogs everybody to get a massive contract in the main event spot and it was it was just head in your hand stuff and I just find myself so dejected we live in this this month it was just it was just almost heartbreaking to see because now you can just like it's almost like watching because you know the state of the business has never been the same since WCW's gone and you look at stuff like this and it's like so this is like you're watching a loved one die or something like that you know what I'm saying it's like this this business is going to be so much worse off because of this fucking horse shit a, lo- a long time ago about 120 plus podcasts ago when we first start- started this uh, I can't remember which one it was but I remember someone asked a question uh, that particularly got uh, Cull riled up to the point where he did one of his uh, always entertaining drunken rants where he was talking about where he mentions 1999 mm. and I remember the time when he started talking about 1999 and how god awful it was it actually surprised me because my initial thoughts of 99 were never like negative you know you always have like word association with certain years 98 good you know uh, 2001 disappointing you know so on and so forth but 99 I never saw as being bad you know similar to like 2006 you know and that was like surprising when everyone started burying that and I was like oh, I only have good memories you know Edge being champion and so on and so forth I don't think of the spirit squad or anything like that <laughs> And I had the exact same opinion on 99. I just remember the early part of 99 where you have like Rock and Foley and, and you have Austin chasing after the belt and it's all very good. And I remember like towards the end of the year as well where maybe some booking ideas weren't so great. But you know, you're getting like Jericho on the show, Dudleys are coming in, Hardys and, and Edge and Christian are getting pushed and uh, Kurt Angle debuts, you know, you're getting some good stuff. So I always had a good word association with 99. And the reason for that is because I never watched the middle section of my T9. <laughs> and I, I, I guess I chose not to think about the WCW uh, 99, which I did watch uh, a little bit of. Going into this now and coming right plonk in the middle uh, in June, I completely see your point of view on this cult. 99 is fucking torrid. <laughs> and I don't under. I, I, I can see how WCW failed after this. But at times, I, I, it's hard to see, it's hard to tell like how WWF got away with a lot of this stuff. I know it's because Austin was like hot, and so was The Rock. But they're two guys in amongst the massive shit that we've just covered. It's it's amazing they came out of this at all, and in particular, not just come out of this, but come out into the hottest year they had in 2000. It's absolutely staggering. I think half the trouble it's kind of um, it's a transitional period in terms of the years the year for both companies Nitro's permanently in a, a transitional period at this point it has been since the start of the year for stuff changing but Roy coming out it's the post-mania period Kingdom of Summer's always the kind of rebuilding you got Triple H is now because before he, had, he wasn't believable as the number four guy on the, on the show right. now he's believable as the number two he's been, this month he has been positioned which he's, now he's lost the, the long tights when he did the sledgehammer thing on Rock the month before that was him that was his coming out party and yeah. he's, he is now you feel he's his stock's worth more than it was just through um, positioning. Uh, so that's better. At least you see that progress coming on. They're trying with Billy because they need more. Go- they need more stars. They're trying with Billy. It's not going to work. But at least they're trying. Which is why oh, it's too early for this. Why the the Jericho thing isn't done right straight away is befuddling to me. We'll come. We'll come to that when it yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. But 
It's yeah, it's a transitional part, time of the year, especially for WWE in terms of their yearly cycle. So it's they're trying some things, but they're to keep things fresh. They're trying to obviously they're switching the belts, but it's convoluted. They're going around in circles, so it does feel they're, going, they're treading water a lot. But it, uh, with them, there's the caveat that yeah, I feel like it's the summer, so they're rebuilding. For, well, let's see where they're going back end of the, back half of the year. Nitro is just a mess, and the, the shit, there's no continuity, there's no cohesion. And from ne- I anticipate coming in and watching July shows and having no bearing whatsoever on this month's uh, month to month feels like there's no bearing from one to the other. So. Um, and you say you're, you're buried <laughs> as shit as a lot of stuff was on, on on Raw. That's completely taken out the feeling towards the show at the time, which was it was dynamic. It did feel fresh. It was interesting because there's wacky stuff going on. So in terms of pure wrestling shows, yeah, you can pick for especially with the matches and uh, all the lack thereof and stuff. At least it was there was a dynamic to the show it felt like a dynamic program yeah and it felt like you give a shit like the the, the great power stuff the great power stuff wasn't mentioned and pushed massively on TV as much as you think it was as much no, as I no. remember it I remember being like the it was a big town. it was a massive deal and that's the point the fact it was something that was even in their mind by the, the end of it it wasn't a key thing for them it's something they had to get out of the way yeah. and they changed direction to try and make you forget about it as quickly as possible but in terms of the fans' eyes, there was so much interest and in, in, importance from our perspective on who it was going to be because shit, when shit happened in, in the F at that time, it kind of mattered to the overall matter grand scheme of things. Yeah. On Nitro, something can happen, and in a week's time, it doesn't matter. And uh, although the, the Russo tendency is to do that as well with certain like angles and, and mm-hmm. things, the overall direction, at least there was the feel, the feel towards the show. The only thing, okay, the only twist we've had was was Vince was doing the pseudo face stuff and now he's the heel that's the only thing that didn't make sense and it, at least it was Vince it was, it was it was tied in in some shitty respect but there's at least there's, there's, there's a feel there's a, an energy and, and continuity to the vibe of the shows if that makes sense if, even if not the content yeah. and that's it we've always said the, 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 there's only two guys over on the show three with Vince but the undercard got over because the product and feel towards the product was over. Yeah, the company's over. Yeah, the the, the attitude was over. The, the the kind of the tendencies the characters had mm. to be characters, whereas which was completely again polar opposites to WCW. So, although the content's not great, and I've gone a long time here, longer than I expected. The, although the content wasn't as good as it has been, this, the feel towards the shows was still there because you got Austin on, and particularly mm. Austin on the shows as well. So. Again, that's the safe. That's the saving grace. That's that's it being over. That's the stuff that we always said that Nitro was was riding off when it was over, yeah. and it's now it's as full circle. But yeah. you can, can get away with stuff because at least they're still there. At least they're delivering stuff. Look at that right. The number for Austin and Taker. 9.5. People give a fuck about what happens on that show. They yes, care. They, they it matters to them who's the champion and who's on that show. You can't say the same about Nitro because no. they change. They flip and flop so much. It's, it renders it kills your interest and that's yeah. the thing at least that's why the faith has always remained the F through the, the poorer periods in my mind it's easy when you look at them in retrospect and you know the totality of the situation but as you're living it in the moment and you don't know what's next and you don't really the only vibe in the air at the time is that this company's hot anticipation and you give a shit you, you anticipate like you say like Rock as, as much as he does feel downplayed I was still in the enormous rock mark and didn't see. We really watched. As much we, we've way. watched a month's worth of shows in the space of a couple of days, probably. Yeah, yeah. You see, you don't have that weekly evolving thing of like what's going to happen. That's the anticipation. What is going to happen with this company? What's going to happen with these characters? We know on this show that something might happen that will resonate for a period of time. Look at Austin Winter, for example, and the, or the, the change towards the Austin attitude era. Nitro. It's whatever happens this week to next week. It's probably going to be irrelevant in three weeks' time. So. You, you just lose faith in does it what eventually you just think 
Does it matter if I watch? Because no, it probably doesn't. So, yeah, and, and and look at the viewership figures. People were probably thinking the similar same thing. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't really think there's an awful lot I can add to that. To be honest, um, I think Kieran's quite right. Whereas the content in WWF isn't uh, certainly isn't its strongest. There is at least this sense that they are recalibrating to have sort of a you know sort of the the, the of big blowout in the summer for their second biggest pay per view. And as much as I dislike Billy Gunn, at least he is an example of them trying to create those new stars or trying to to give uh, a few guys a push uh, up a couple of rungs on the ladder. Whereas we see with WCW, Jericho goes. Yeah. You know, it, that that I think you're right, Liam. That the Jericho leaving sort of epitomises everything. And again, I think it, this it, this idea of this fresh dynamic, and I think it ties into this two hours versus three hours. Nitro, it's three hours. It's very plodding. It feels incredibly long. Lots of filler. A, a hell of a lot of filler that they don't put any emphasis on. Whereas, at least with Raw, if something isn't great at that point, or it's relatively weak, which, as we've gone through the shows, that there's enough that you can point to, at least it's quick, it's fast, it, you know, it's got a bit of a snap to it, it's got a bit of a kick to it. Mm. If you're sort of like an adrenaline junkie sort of thing, you know, you're getting ready for that, nec that next quick hit sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got, it's just, it has that punch to it. Dynamism, dynamism, I can't say, I now can say dynamism. Thank you. Dynamism. Yeah. But it is, yeah, and even down to, although we all lament two minute matches, or less the point is they're done because they've got at least the stuff they want to put in and not always great and not always makes sense but it was different it was vibrant that's a good word yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point about caring you know, I've, I've said a couple of times you mentioned about being, being quiet and, and only sort of re referencing Rock and Austin in the sense of they're all that matters if the rest of it fails that week at least you know you've got something with Rock or Austin that people care about and they care about them because they've been treated right is Rock emphasised as much as people would like for this month? no but he's generally protected at this stage he does the job to take her but it's made very clear at the King of the Ring that the odds are stacked against him he, he's not made to look a complete chump who's just dismissed out of hand mm. they have to stack the deck Austin more often than not throughout the whole Vince programme for every week that Vince had over him, Austin's had three. Yeah, you know. So th these are these are your top stars who've been protected. Whereas look at WCW. When was the last time they genuinely cared about anyone in that company? It was probably Flair for his return in the Carolinas. Yeah. And they diminished him as quickly as they possibly could. Now nobody cares. Uh, I, I, I think that sort of. I think that, Maybe that's that's your name. <laughs> 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 WCW. Nobody cares. <laughs> and on that note, I want to thank everybody for listening. We are unfortunately out of time. We will be back again very soon on Squared Circle Gazette Radio for G. John Chase. Since when did Shamrock have a memory? For Kieran O'Rourke. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and for <laughs> Carl Jones. By Liam's book. <laughs> I am Liam O'Rourke and we're out of here. Talk again soon. I like country music. I love country girls. I like Willie Nelson. And don't forget about Merle. There's only one thing that I hate. Because it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. I like NASCAR racing. Richard Petty is still the king. Yeah, they call me a redneck, but you know that's a beautiful thing. 
there's only one thing that I hate Cause it's a bunch of crap I hate rap It's a bunch of crap I hate rap There's only one thing that I hate Cause it's a bunch of crap I hate rap Rap is crap Rap